Rumors, rumors, and rumors. That pretty much sums up the video game industry this week in a nutshell. As more reports came out about Konami's comeback and Twisted Metal getting a revival and even more Switch Pro rumors. Yay. So, lots to unpack for Pablo and myself, and we're going to do that and talk about The Sopranos, because, uh, why the fuck not? We'll also get into why character creation tools suck ass for people of color, and then the good, bad, and bizarre of Japanese video games in our Checkpoint chat. So, get ready for this week's episode, because it's coming to you right now. This is episode 21 of the Cooldown Time Podcast, the turn-based battle between two middle-aged men with the kind of hot takes that'll burn down your favorite protagonist's village. I'm Ooh. your host and walking difficulty spike, Marco, and joining me is a man that will spend the entirety of this episode charging up his devastating ultimate attack, which is called the Ka Malta Meha. Okay? Hey, I, I think that's not devastating enough. That's not? No, no, no. I mean, the, the, the flavor of Malta is pretty devastating. I mean, you're okay. What's the description of your Malta? Of your Malta? Because it's it's spot on, but except it's good. Carbonated banana urine. One hundred percent. It's one hundred percent what you think it tastes like. Except it doesn't mean that urine is universally bad tasting. All right, banana urine is Pablo. delicious. That's the that that's Pablo. That I one was, time where I was uh, lost in the desert, um, oh, I had God. to. I'm just kidding. Good. <laughs> oh, man, we have a horrific show for you today. So uh, good. If that's any indication. Uh, no, we have a great so show cool. for you today. We have, uh, we have loadouts, which is what we've been playing or just checking out in the entertainment biz. We have a lot of talk, uh, things to talk about in loadout news, of course. Uh, lots of interesting acquisitions and partnerships. And, of course, rumors are mongering right now. Um, we have booty juice, <laughs> as usual. Um and then also, we have our Checkpoint Chat, which is the main event of the show. Uh, today's Checkpoint Chat is going to be talking about Japanese video games. The good, the bad, and the nani. Um, and then we have uh, one little tease at the end of the show uh, to talk about something new we're working on, but we'll keep it very brief uh, because we're still working on that. But we hope that you'll be excited for that. And we also hope that you'll be uh, subscribing to our podcast on Spotify uh, or even Apple Podcasts if you want to listen to us and leave a review at the same time. Uh, and if you want to keep us in your FOV in between episodes, the best way to do that is to follow us on Instagram at Cooldown Time Podcast and Twitter at Cooldown Time Pod. We would appreciate it. And Pablo, I would appreciate it if you would shut up and then start oh. talking about your loadouts. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to get right into Before that, make sure that you also leave five stars and uh, on your reviews. And then uh, on the comment section, just go ahead and tell us that you want us to make you feel good. <laughs> a hashtag make me feel good. Uh, uh, so uh, let's go right into the loadouts here. Uh, so it is it is another weekend, and which that means another Halo Infinite tech preview is upon us. And I'm gonna ask you a question, Marco, before I, I, I delve into this. What is your opinion, or what what do you like better, the big team battles or just the regular four v four, you know, Death uh, Slayer and all that good stuff on on Halo? What what is your preferred way of playing Halo? Uh, I, I gotta say I'm not. I've never really been a big big team battle guy. I can't even say it. I almost said bean team battle. Um, <laughs> that sounds uh, racist. Yeah, yeah. We're already talking about Malta, so why don't we just go all the way there? <laughs> <laughs> you know? uh, no, I've never really been big on the uh, big team battles. I think they just um, 
to me, I, I liked the more focused, uh, smaller maps and, and, and tighter competition uh, just to kind of enjoy. I enjoy that pace a lot better yeah. than the more frenetic stuff. Although it is, there's a lot going on, so it feels more epic, but I just, I like the more condensed type of matchups personally. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if Halo Infinite is going to change your opinion uh, on that. I, I'm i squarely in between both. I mean, there are moments where I kind of want to just concentrate and I'll play, uh, I'll play SWAT uh, mm-hmm. 4v4, you know. Uh, but Big Team Battle, I feel, is kind of what Halo is known for the most uh, in that sense, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with, with vehicle battles and all that stuff. And... I I am really more so than other games enjoying big team battle in the tech preview. Granted, it, I think it's only one map, or at least I've only played the one map, and the map is fairly fairly well uh, constructed. Uh, there are choke points where you'll have those matches from like like it feels like a regular four v four moment because you'll have these choke points where it's a whole bunch of people there and they're kind of fighting it out to get, especially when it's the capture the flag. Uh, mode. Uh, it, it really feels really, really good. The vehicles always feel the same. That feels great. Uh, but I'm really impressed by the level design uh, of of, uh, of this uh, map that they showed for Big Team Battle. It's really, it really just works. Uh, I, I am, I am so excited for Halo Infinite. I, I, in an, and just the changes that they're making from weekend to weekend, and from the last tech preview, uh, it, it really, they're, they're really not afraid, seemingly, to change the meta based on what people are saying. Uh, you know, before your base rifle was pretty OP in the first preview, you didn't really need any other weapon. Just that one, you know, uh, had pretty decent range. Yeah, uh, had pretty uh, quick uh, time uh, time to kill, but. They changed that, uh, and it feels, especially when the battle, uh, big team battle, feels a lot more like Halo in that sense because you're you're picking up weapons that are around because you have to because that rifle you have isn't really gonna get the job done, especially at range. Right now, at the with the new meta, the battle right the battle rifle is uh, has been nerfed uh, in terms of like uh, kill uh, time to kill. Uh, secondly, uh, the drop off for range is severely change which is good because people were popping off headshots from miles away uh so now it forces you to pick up a secondary weapon that's going to for basically you know reinforce your play style and i really love it because the the pistol in those games are for me is essential they've always been essential especially close combat uh close range combat you know yeah. whipping that out when you run out of bullets and another weapon and, and just kind of finishing the the uh the kill that that's all. That all feels like Halo again. It feels a lot more like that, which is something I didn't really realize or notice that was missing from the first tech preview until I play this one. You know, you know, it, it it just feels like a Halo game. Picking up the weapons that you have to, and then you know, finishing off with the secondary weapon. But I, I'm really impressed by this. I um I I I can't wait for the game to release. Uh, this is the first Halo game in a long time that I've been more uh, excited for the multiplayer aspect than the story aspect of it. Mm. Uh, you know. With Halo Five, uh, get, kind of getting burned on that because everything they did with with the whole podcast that they had leading up to that story, like they yeah. really reinforced the story. Um, you know, they're not really talking about the story much uh, with Halo. I'm not too worried about that because of the fact that 
Gears did the same thing, and we talked exactly. about that before on this yeah. podcast. And I feel I feel like they know what that is. They know what the story is, and it is what it is at this point. That's not going to be an ever evolving thing. It's going to be the multiplayer. It's free to play, so they have to get people really invested into that uh, uh, ecosystem for them to carry on what they want Infinite to be, which is quote unquote an infinite Halo, right? In terms of that, so yeah. th- it makes sense for them not to talk about the uh, about the single player campaign. But it is crucial for them to have to, to have nailed these tech previews because you could easily just be like, oh, this is off. And they could be like, no, no, it's an alpha pre-build, and mm-hmm. that's all fine and dandy. But you're gonna lost a lot of steam leading up to leading up to December release if this wasn't on point. And th- this this feels complete. It feels ready to go. So I am super excited for uh, whatever the final product is. Right now, if this game were to come out today, the way that big team battles working and the way the regular four v four Team Slayer's working. It's ready. It's it's ready for prime time. So okay. I'm super excited for uh, for that, and I cannot wait uh, for that. Do you have any kind of questions about? about yeah, that? I mean, uh, I guess what I want to know is two things. I want to know first off, I want to know what you think y- your favorite Halo multiplayer is out of the series, and then I kind of want to hear your thoughts about how this multiplayer from the sample size that you've had kind of stacks up with that game and and what makes it different kind of what makes it more fun maybe more of the same kind of how does it stack up to that game yes so my my thoughts on that it's it's kind of it's kind of marred by um by nostalgia oh yeah of course yeah halo 2 i could probably say is my favorite multiplayer Mm. uh i know that halo 3 4 and 5 are better uh i don't know about 4 i think 4 is probably okay i I think it's the worst um, okay. Yeah, but, I, 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 yeah. I, that's probably the one that I spend the less time on. Um, honestly, yeah. I love the story of four. I know people tend to, to I now it hate phenomenal, it, but, but I multiplayer it wise, yeah. I didn't care for it though. But yeah, yeah and I three introduced the the uh, how do you call it the the equipment like the stuff that you can throw out and I which think is, yeah, yeah 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 which is here in this game is probably in this game. But two felt like the more. Uh, just the more basic level of multiplayer, and you know, I remember having the land parties. I remember having mm-hmm. playing, you know, online. All that—that's my favorite Halo overall. Um, but ultimately, um, I think, I think maybe this is controversial. I think five is the best multiplayer uh, because it takes everything from three, and 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 two, and and even some aspects four, aspects four, and it really just kind of cult- creates this, uh, this, this kind of all-encompassing Halo experience on the multiplayer front, plus the Warzone thing that they have on there, which is like this huge, massive, big battle uh, thing, which is, it's huge, right? Yeah. Uh, which is a really cool idea. Uh, I didn't dabble too much in it, uh, but I like the map designs of Five. Uh, and what makes it different from, what makes what makes Halo Infinite stand out, uh, I just think it's taking that formula and evolving it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's doing anything particularly new. Like it, it's not changing the game like three did, uh, but it is with the hook shot and, and certain equipments that you can actually uh, equip onto your Spartan. I think that's that's the main thing that they're really kind of uh, that kind of sets it apart. But really, what sets Halo Infinite multiplayer apart from everything? It's the it's the background stuff. The, the season pass uh, the, oh, the way yeah. that they're yeah, the definitely. way they're doing the season pass the the how customizable uh, your your Spartan is uh, the AI you can change it AI the voice AI all that stuff it's it's you're highly customizable and um, and all that stuff is really really cool uh, you, there, there's no longer the red red team versus blue team stuff you can yeah. really customize your character to a to, to, to make it look 
any way you want, any color you want. And it really works really well on the multiplayer front. I thought that maybe, oh, I was going to get confused because I'm not in the blue team. And I, it, you can tell who's who. There's a, you can also <laughs> go into the options menu and you can make that even way more uh, uh, apparent. You know, yeah. in terms of like the outline of a of bad guy or whatever, so of a op- uh, opposing team, but yeah, I I think uh, two is my favorite in my heart of hearts. Five is probably the best one of all, and and and, uh, and I think this is obviously for me. I think this is gonna take the cake and just be like the ultimate Halo experience. Like they 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 left no rock unturned in in my opinion. Like they really looked at all Halo multiplayers and put a little bit of all that into this one and really making the ultimate Halo experience for me. So I can't I can't wait for for more Halo. Hey man, I'm looking forward to uh, to playing it myself. I did not want to touch any of these previews at all or betas or whatever because I I want that Christmas morning feeling of of playing Halo like the old days and so hearing this stuff from you is all the reason in the world to be excited about this game and um, I'll definitely be no lifing this thing as soon as it comes out so and the internet could be so fucking jaded and when you look at stuff about the the tech preview there's just a lot of positive stuff out there mm-hmm. like the the bad stuff the people that are it, it's so nitpicky yeah uh that it's just kind of like all right now you're just creating shit for content's sake uh but the the one thing that and we talked about it last i think last week or, or even throughout the podcast is the one thing that i hate in terms of criticism is it's just more Halo. Yeah, motherfucker, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, Halo Infinite, it's just more Halo, but it's better. It's the best Halo. Oh, well, yeah. so far, you know. This, it come out, it could be a total disaster, but I, I doubt that's, that's going to be the case. At this yeah. point, I think I think some, I think think some people would have picked up on that by now. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it would have come out and it would have looked, it would have felt off like like the Vanguard beta for Call of Duty. Right. You know, that kind of vibe is hard to shake off, you know, when, you, when you're yeah. playing it. So, I think I think we're in pretty good shape to get a really good Halo. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, what else you got in your loadouts, man? So I mean, I'm still playing uh, Lost Judgment. Uh, kind of that's my main game right now, and um, Dabbly and Kenna. We talked about it last week, so I'm not gonna talk about that. Uh, we'll leave that for our Game of the Year discussion coming up in a few months. Uh, the Many States of New York. This is a movie, which is the Soprano prequel film. Uh, for those of you who are, I know Marco's never seen Sopranos, but he's uh, he's a Wire guy, right? I'm a Wire guy, yes sir. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Sopranos guy myself. I uh, I'm I'm in the camp with Sopranos when they announced this, where I'm excited to get more, but at the same time, the series felt so complete that I don't think it needed a prequel or a sequel. Uh, a movie that at a show that needed a movie and it got it and it was bad was Deadwood, which I love Deadwood as well. I think it, Breaking it, Bad also had a movie too, right? Yeah, that movie was actually not bad. That movie was not bad at all, but mm. uh, but I Deadwood had, it. yeah, Deadwood uh, third season ended abruptly. Uh, such expensive show to make, and they couldn't carry the, the the story throughout. So they made a movie, and the movie was not very good, unfortunately. But uh, the Many Saints of New York is fantastic. It, it's it's really fucking good. It's almost a standalone mafia movie in a sense. Mm. Uh, but I think that you will get the most enjoyment if you're a Sopranos fan because they have so many Easter eggs and so many things in that movie think callbacks or, or think the origins of stuff that happened in the show uh, there's even a there's even a shocking uh, ending that kind of recontextualizes the, the Sopranos as a whole uh, which is really brave uh, I hate using that word but it's brave because so many fans you know love it but I think it works because of who that specific character is and how that how that even kind of builds to 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 his lore and to his kind of legacy as the show goes on. Um, but yeah, I, I if you're a Sopranos fan, I highly recommend The Many Saints of New York. If you are a mafia movie fan, I definitely rec- uh, uh, recommend this I rec- movie. I reckon you should watch this movie. 
<laughs> I reckon. I reckon you should. Uh, but it's it's fantastic. I, I love it, and it's definitely uh, the ending. There could be more coming, which would be pretty dope. Yeah, awesome. and the and uh, Michael Gandolfini, who is the son of James Gandolfini, plays him. His uh, his dad is a younger version, and it's it's scary how much they look alike. It, you know, mm. it's it's really terrifying. It's like shit. They nailed it. Like, <laughs> you know. So anyway, but yeah, many things in New York. It's on HBO Max. Check check it out. And that's it. That's all I got for my loadout specifics. And listen, uh, for those of you that are new to the show, uh, loadouts are, are not exclusive to just the games that we play. Uh, they're also, it could be movies, it could be albums. We talked about Bruno Mars in one episode because we wanted to just crack jokes about that that song that came out that got played to death. Um, so just for future reference, if we don't have much going on, sometimes we'll talk movies. Sometimes we'll talk novels. We'll talk whatever. So, uh, yeah. so deal a- with it. It's a weekly show, yeah. and we have kind of day jobs, and so we're still playing the games that we were playing last week, and so yeah, it's it is what it is. It's, but it's it's good stuff. We, got, we got the it. good stuff here. You're gonna you love know. it. Um, yeah. So as far as my loadouts go, um, you know, like Pablo said, I think you know we're both sort of just kind of where we left off last week, still playing the same things, um, still playing Lost Judgment. I'm about an hour away from finishing it after just kind of mainlining it. Um, you know, all I'll say about it before we get to Game of the Year conversations in a few months is that it's it's fighting with Yakuza Zero as my favorite game from this entire universe, which is saying a lot. Um, it's got an excellent story to me that that is way better than its predecessor, contrary to popular opinion uh, and a lot of reviews that we heard. That's and, an opinion that they have. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh it's it, the story isn't as good as the first one, but you know Fuck it's still a great judgment story. I'm like, what? This is way better. This is way better. So it, I find that baffling that that's how people think about the first game because I, I hated the first game story. Um, and I think the gameplay is fun. I think it's a little easy um, for the most part unless it's certain boss fights, but even then it's not too challenging. Um, but it never feels dull. So I'm, I'm still having a blast with it and, and no lifing it is not something I do pretty often with games. But oh, I, had to, I had to table everything, including uh, Death Stranding, which I still... Uh, I'm enjoying it, but I had to kind of put it on hold because I just needed to fully commit to Lost Judgment because it was starting... Lost Judgment in, in, in the Yakuza games get... Very few games in, in, in gaming can get as white-hot story-wise as they can get. You know? Like, yeah. it, it's just, there's just a way about the way they tell their stories that, like, halfway through the game or in the early chapters of the game, it's like, oh my god, this is... This is they are killing it right now. They are on fire with this story. Like, and, and you, you have all these different threads that you're intrigued about, and it's like, oh my god, I can't put this down. I cannot. So, and also, it's, it's not a complicated story, but there's a lot of complexity in it. Uh, yeah, with story threads, and because you're a detective and you're kind of piecing stuff together. So, I would feel like a little lost if you step away from it for too long. Uh, just because the Japanese names as well, you know, they don't really. You know, when they start mentioning names, you're like, True. Oh, yeah, it is yeah, a little tough is, sometimes. Yeah. So if you're in it, you already know all these all these uh Now I, I will say that story wise, they they repeat a lot of stuff. Oh my god. Over and over again. And to the point where it's like stop worrying if I if I missed that. I didn't miss it. I one know of the it. things one of the things they do that I hate is they show something and then the the the, the game goes on and then there's a cutscene that happens that kind of ignores what happened just to remind you again what happened. Yeah, I was like, there yeah. was a moment where someone had got killed and somebody had showed up before that and then they didn't talk about it and then they're like, oh yeah, this person, 
You know, it was just like, yeah. oh, you're not going to mention that? Hello, <laughs> it's your fucking detective. And the same, yeah. like, cell phone footage of, of the guy that, that was groped, like, uh, at least 72 times I've seen that yeah, thing in this yeah. game. It's like, all right, they really, I get it. They really want you to, they, they really, they really, like, kind of, they just don't trust that stuff. Yeah, they don't trust that you, that you really get what's going on. So they're like, you recall when he was in there and he groped a woman. Like, yeah, we know. Like, that's what Be- the fucking whole game is about, bro. And, and it, it, it like, kind of like, it's kind of like showing its hand a little bit because it, it, it really paying attention to the certain things that are yeah. going to come out later. You're like, oh, okay, that's why. And they have a fucking previously on every chapter. It's like, I, yeah, I just did this, man. Previously on. Yeah. It's just like, saw that like tw- 12 seconds ago yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous but uh, it's but it's hey it, it, we're, we're gonna be talking about we're gonna be talking about Japanese games in a little bit and uh oh uh, yeah we'll talk about yeah. some story stuff we've seen yeah. but you know uh, those yeah. are all just splitting hairs like in all honesty like that stuff is not an annoyance to me it's just something I get a kick out of because it's yeah, yeah. it's it's Japanese storytelling um, it's but, so good man but uh yeah I, I, I'm in love with that game and uh it is it is definitely gonna be on my top 10 uh games of the year for sure uh, like I said, Death Stranding has kind of taken a back seat. Um, I, I am on Chapter 3. It is starting to feel pretty dry in terms of like the, the flow of story content. Um, so I, I know what I'm in for. I've heard enough about kind of what to expect. Um, so I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, you know, I'm not battling the idea of, of putting it away or, or shelving it, but yeah. I just know that it's hard to go from a game like Lost Judgment, which it's just story beat after story beat, to... Yeah. We'll just let you deliver this over here. My, <laughs> you know, it's, my, uh, it's too different for my, me right now. Everybody that I tell for that game is just get through chapter three. Just get through chapter three. Once you get through chapter three, you're in the clear, and you'll know after chapter four if you're gonna stick to the game or not. Yeah. Because uh, I think that's when the story really starts picking up, and there's a lot of stuff there. But just get through chapter chapter three is a ridiculous mess, and I am shocked that the director's cut didn't address chapter three. Shocked, absolutely shocked, because that is that is the worst part of that game, bar none. I mean, it is it is shockingly it's pretty redundant. Brutal. It's long. Yeah. It's 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 almost inconsequential to the story as a whole. And then, oh my gosh! But once you get through that, you kind of chapter three becomes kind of a distant memory until you start kind of. I think I'm gonna replay this game again. And you think about chapter three, it's like I think I'm not. You know? <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah, it's a yeah. chapter select, um, yeah. But um, I, you know, I'll, I'll get back to that as soon as I'm done with Lost Judgment. Um, I am playing Scarlet Nexus. That, that did come out on Game Pass um, before this episode, so I I only got through the initial tutorial because I just wanted to kind of dabble before I went back into Lost Judgment. Um, I gotta say, I'm not super impressed with with much anything that I've seen uh, of that game, uh, even leading up to this. Uh, you know, coming out on Game Pass. Um, I did play the demo before the game officially came out earlier this year, and I, I, I didn't really love the feel of the combat like a lot of other people do. And, and I recognize it's a tutorial, and there's a lot of stuff that that gets added into the combat yeah. later on that'll probably make it way better. But I, I think as a first impression, I think it kind of starts off a little limp for me. Um, and I think the story just looks like it's going to be it. Listen, our checkpoint chat is right on time. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it's it's it is a anime mess that just doesn't look like it's going to be worth worth you know seeing through at all so it's the story of scarlet nexus is interesting but it is filled with obviously anime tropes but also the one thing that really took me away from the game after playing it for like 25 hours is you really start feeling the budget 
like there's could have been especially now playing uh tales of arise and comparing it to this oh it's not even it's not even close i, the, I mean scarlet nexus could be as good as tales of arise i mm-hmm. believe if it had money behind it but it, it definitely feels like there's a lot of uh, corners that were cut in order to 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 make this game a lot of cool ideas um i think these games are terrible when they when they show out as demos because tales of rise demo was not very good either and they're they're night and day the scarlet nexus the stuff that they add combat wise and some of the story elements that kind of start creeping up uh towards the front half of the game are really really good you're like oh shit uh but that middle part of that game is kind of like ugh, it's a slog uh, i also heard yeah. that um i heard there's like an i don't know if it's a comic or an anime that's coming out for scarlet nexus too but um i heard that there's a lot of plot threads that don't get resolved in the game because they're extending the story into probably um into that so that's another bummer as well because i'm you yeah. know I, I i don't need to be on a cliffhanger so that i can go follow other pieces of scarlet nexus content it's not i, I don't care enough about scarlet nexus to, yeah, to want to no. even do that so i don't know what i don't even know why they would do that I, maybe they thought this game was going to be i think they, i don't know i think they i don't know did. if it was though was it a hit i don't know if it was oh, no i don't i don't think it was a hit i think it, it, it definitely on the xbox side it was a disappointment because i think it definitely sold more on playstation which you would expect because yeah, yeah you yeah, just yeah. you know you think but it was heavily kind of advertised more um predominantly on xbox so that's what i knew it eventually it's going to land on game pass it just kind of has to because it, it made the most sense that microsoft was doing all this championing for this game um so i, I knew it would be a foregone conclusion that's why i never bought it um so I'm, I'm definitely glad i i waited for game pass to meet me where i am uh with this with this release so um i'm, I'm gonna go back to it though i'm gonna give it a solid two three hours to see you know what it can uh show me but um and, and normally i like games that that are kind of this anime side you know I, I can stomach them you know like astral chain is probably the best comparison i can make to this yes um but it does a way better job of of kind of at least for me, you know, kind of reining me in and getting me, you know, really interested in the world and the atmosphere well, than this game does. So the the little that I played of Astral Chain, which is just a game that I, I fell off not because it was bad, it's just other games came out. It, there was constant story beats in that game. Yeah, there were they weren't always uh, great, and, but they were always there. but they were there. Yeah, with with Scarlet Nexus, it feels very much like that game, especially when you start going into the open areas of mm-hmm. the. It feels a lot like that. Uh, but yeah, towards that middle part, a lot of the story is told through these kind of cheap, s- static, uh, yep. yeah, exposition dumps, which it's, is unfortunate. Yeah, but yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll go back to it a couple more times and see if it does anything for me before uh, Metroid Dread comes out, which I'm I'm so excited to play that after the previews. Uh, that's been really really positive, so I'm hyped. Let um, me ask you a question. Our Twitter yeah. account had a had a tweet about. A game not to sleep on. What was that game? Um. Oh. Oh. That was uh. I the Somnium Files, uh, which also came out on Game Pass. It is a uh kind of a. It, it's predominantly like a visual novel. Uh, yeah. it, think along the lines of kind of like the those those um. Oh geez, what's the name? Like that the old Game Boy nine 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 like Zero Escape kind of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 that kind of thing. Uh, but like it's, Dong, it's like Dong and Rampa. Uh, I I never played. Uh, I never, Which I is never a got static into that. screen, and then you get to pick little things. Uh, mean, no, no, not not quite like that. It, it's 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 a little bit more involved than those uh, were, but it's it's basically like a kind of like a sci-fi uh, detective drama. 
um, that's very, very bizarre uh, and has really, really interesting story beats. It's it's a very obscure game. It is the epitome of a cult classic that not mm. a lot of people have ever I've tried before. It. It's yeah. it's it's kind of, it. of cool. It's like a it's like a mix between like an Ace Attorney, but also like this this pulpy sci-fi noir thing going on too, and a little bit of like the weirdness of a persona. Kind of all okay. mixed into a blender. It's it's very cool and, and something I'd actually recommend people try. Uh, it looks like one of those throwaway games that people put on Game Pass that never you know never yeah. see you know get, get a lot of attention. But it's actually really good and it's getting a sequel, um, which is pretty oh, exciting cool. as well. So worth checking out. Um, but um, but yeah, I think that takes care of our uh, our loadouts and we'll shift gears now and get into loadout news. And Pablo, we have a lot of shit to get into here. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think the best place to start is is. Um, Let's talk about Sony. Let's let's talk about Sony acquiring uh, Blue Point Games, which to me was uh, a, one of those foregone conclusions that I, I knew yeah. was going to happen eventually. Uh, but basically, they acquired Blue Point Games, and, and the rumor is, according to insiders, that um, Blue Point is currently working on uh, one more remake of some type, and then an original title uh, of their own, uh, which is already in development. So, um, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, I mean, duh. Like, I mean, come on. These yeah. guys have really, like, uh, I, I see them as a Sony studio. Um, you know, I, I don't think they've ever, I don't think they've made a massive remake for anything else but PlayStation. I know they did Shadow of Colossus and they did uh, Demon Souls, which are the, their big, big remakes. That, that didn't come out on anything but, but PlayStation platforms. So I that's definitely... Uh, you know, it just it just makes sense to buy them. You know, it made a lot of sense. Kind of like when uh, they bought uh, the studio that made Returnal. Uh, yeah, Housemark. Housemark. Yeah, it, it that yeah, it, it's an obvious purchase, and it, it's not a huge, it's not a flashy Bethesda purchase, but it is a game studio that's going to deliver games that people want with their remakes, but also you know with everything they've done, I think they've earned the the opportunity to make a dope as you know. Yeah, uh, I you know unique IP. So now with the other stuff that we're going to talk about in, in the loadout news, now I don't now I'm pretty certain that the remake that they're making isn't Metal Gear. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is now. I honestly don't. I think um, yeah. if I had to take a guess, I would probably say Bloodborne uh, could be it. As it would be a sensible kind of follow up after um, yeah, remaking yeah. Demon Souls, and I know a lot of people have wanted. Uh, Bloodborne to at least get a next-gen patch to be at 60 frames per second, uh, which hasn't happened yet. So I, I can definitely see, you know, if Sony, I, I would imagine Sony has to own the IP. Um, yeah. So it would make sense to go ahead and, and whisk them off into making another, you know, game in that in, in the Souls realm and then focus on other shit afterwards. So I would actually say Bloodborne would be my choice if I were predicting. It wouldn't be what I want because I'm not a huge Souls guy, but I could see them doing that. It would be a logical next step. Yeah. So. Yeah, because I, I, everybody was super excited about, you know, hey, it's Metal Gear 1, mm-hmm. and then, mm-hmm. yeah, but let's go, with, what's the next one? Because I think the next one is, does it? Yeah, so Konami is, there's a Konami comeback, uh, apparently. You know, so Konami is reportedly... <laughs> Uh, Greenlighting new Metal Gear, uh, Silent Hill, and Castlevania titles. Um, among those rumors, uh, Konami has also reportedly greenlit uh, what what, is, what appears to be a Metal Gear Solid Three remake, uh, which is being developed by Virtuous Studios. Um, now let's 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 start there for a second. 
Um, I think we all knew Konami was going to kind of reignite at some point. The, the rumors yeah. and scuttlebutt has been way too prevalent this year for, exactly. for it to be nothing. So I'm not exactly shocked that this is the initiative from Konami. I think that I'm just surprised at sort of the, the how and the what of this, right? Um, the Snake Eater remake to me is is especially interesting and I almost want to say concerning because that's one of the greatest games of all time. Um, yeah. And who, who's developing this? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, I... I the rumor is that they're they're going to be making the games they're going to be remaking all of them in chronological order well timeline wise um, i would imagine now yeah right? chrono- yeah chronological yeah, yeah. In, within the timeline uh and that you know they're all going to be a varying degree of remake remaster uh but obviously they're going to start off with the remake of i i would be I would be okay with this if they took the approach that Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is a more of a reimagining to start it off. Because what here's here's my mindset behind it. Why start it off chronologically? I mean, I get it, because that's where the story starts. But why do that unless you're trying to, at least I would think that there, if there's going to be a change, a reimagining of sorts, it starts there and then it trickles down to the to the rest of the games like if, if they want to kind of uh put their own if the studio virtual studios wants to make their own kind of like uh you know do their own kind of thing with the franchise which is very dangerous you know very dangerous. i was gonna yeah. get into that in a second but yeah but if, yeah. if they decide to do that and change the the order of games so from that point on all the games that come out after it are in effect a reimagining of the metal gear series uh, that would make sense to me as to why they would do this from the third game all the way to MGS4 as to why they, that would actually happen because if, if you're going to go ahead and do that uh, I, if it is in fact going to be remakes across the board I, I mean it, it gets to a certain point where it's like alright like remakes of a certain game yeah they're going to look great it's going to play great but I mean we want new stuff you know we want new something new out of Metal Gear so I, I feel like because that was another rumor that, that, that a lot of the stuff that they're they're bringing back are going to be reimaginings of certain IP. They weren't specific as to what that is. I but think they said mostly Castlevania was going to be more of a reimagining than than the okay. other two, from what I'm understanding. Maybe Silent Hill, yeah. but we'll get into that in a second too. Yeah, but I, I I would I would I would want them to take a risk. I just never heard of these guys. You know <laughs> yeah, I, mean? I think that's where I'm a little concerned because you would hope that uh you know an IP of this caliber gets some well known studio you know like a crystal dynamics <laughs> um no just kidding but um but, i mean i wouldn't actually be mad at that at all to be honest um i you know I, I think i think to your point earlier though they really have to tread lightly here because they are the same studio that um they're the same company that that got kojima out of there for better or for worse and also put out metal gear survive which was to many people kind of um you know sort of pissing on the legacy of, of Kojima's work, right? Uh, even yeah. though I low-key kind of thought that game was dope. Um, <laughs> so I think they have to be very careful when it comes to the reimagining you know, aspect of this because there's a lot of sacred components of, of the Metal Gear Solid trilogy, um, the, the PS2 trilogy, rather, that 
whether they're good things or bad things about the game. You know, yes, there's a lot of you know weird plot you know elements that, that should probably be cleaned up, but even though it would make sense to tidy those things up, is it the right decision to do that and then then cause that stir with the fan base and and have you know that resentment? Oh, they're they're you know they're destroying Kojima's yeah. original vision. This isn't the Metal Gear Solid Three that I know and love. You know, like they have to be very mindful of that. And I'm not saying that they can't figure it out, but they're just going to have to be very very deliberate with how they navigate through this because there's a lot of things that they can get wrong very very easily if they're not paying uh, paying close attention to what fans kind of want and what and what's best for um, you know their vision of course too. Um, so I, I'm ahead, looking. I'm I'm looking here. Uh, Virtuous, and they're a they're a massive mm-hmm. company. Twenty five hundred uh, employees, thirteen offices around the world, but they've never developed a game on their own. They are they're a a co development. They're like right. a team. They they've done. Recently, XCOM 2 Collection, Bioshock Collection, The Outer Worlds for Nintendo Switch, Spyro Reignited Trilogy, Assassin's Creed Remastered, uh, Battlefield Battlefield 1. They even helped, uh, you know, develop. They even helped co-develop Uncharted 4. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I so think what, that, they, they, what that tells me is that they're not really using their brains. I think they're just, they're just trying to... Yeah. to to They're just remaking and, and porting over some shit. So I don't know if they're going to really have the... The wherewithal to say, "Hey, what about the Metal Gear storylines? Can we tidy up and, and yeah. refine?" I, I don't know if they're going to do that but so would, much as just, you know, remake it. So, but I, 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 yeah, I agree to an extent. But also, when you look at the caliber of games that other companies have reached out to them to for help, I mean, it's not a it, it's Dark Souls remastered is here, but then they also co-developed Uncharted Four just for PS4. They also co-developed. Uh, Black Ops 4 for PS4. They called it up Horizon Zero Dawn. They're part of the code development team. Uh, Gravity Rush 2 and Watch Dogs 2. Yeah. And Shadow of the Tomb Raider. These are all... Co- they, so, like, it, there, there's quality stuff here that's not a remake or remaster. And But I guess it's just throwing bodies at it. Yeah. 2,500 employees. I, I mean, it depends on who's who's the thought leader of the code development yeah. right? Like, I, I don't know if they're the ones that are establishing the vision of the project as as much as helping produce and execute right what if it's kojima because that rumor with with silent hill 4 that we'll get into what if it's kojima like kind of being i don't know i don't know if kojima would really want i mean there's no way to know for sure but i don't know if he would want to be attached to that again and then have the more more like a special advisor or something i don't know yeah maybe i mean I, i just think he's I think he's kind of over it. I think he's ready to just move on and, and, and create other things at this point. And I just I think he would probably just hope whoever's going to be taking the reins um, knows what they're doing. But I don't know if he wants to come close to that. And I don't know if Konami would really want him to come close to that. I mean, we can't forget that relationship is, is awful. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll talk about kind of how they're getting around that with the next item, which we can probably get into now if you want. Um, but there's, there's got to be a sense of, for me, with him and the way he's, you know, his public portrayal of himself, there's got to be a sense of unfinished business with the franchise. Just how five... Maybe, but there's, there's also yeah. a little bit of petty. Kojima's yeah, oh, got yeah. a little bit of petty in him. And, and yeah, yeah. you can see it in his tweets. He, some, sometimes you just see it. Like, uh, uh, fuck y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But um, 
I guess if I'm giving a, a hype check, let's just throw an impromptu hype check at this. Uh, let's say this is real and it, it, it and the rumor is exactly as it is. Um, what would be your hype score for this out of five? Because it's easy to say, oh, it's Snake Eater. It's got to be a five. But there's there's certain variables I mean, it, here. It's probably a four. Okay. Um, just being cautiously optimistic on... Uh, on on what they'll do here um i mean if it's a remake like what is it like mm-hmm. are they completely re- are it's gonna, is it going to be on the bones of the existing engine is it going to be completely done from the ground up like so those those things will be a, a a variation of of how i feel about it uh if it's like hey it's a remake but a remake in the way that uh you know what's that uh game uh near like something like that, right? Uh, where it's like, oh, it looks fine, right? Then I would be, it'd be like, all right, cool, fine, a, a better looking. But if it's like, if it's you know, Dark Souls or Demon Souls, like from the ground up, all it's gonna be, you know, modern controls. That could be, that could be pretty incredible. That could be pretty. Yeah, pretty and, and I think that's incredible. what we're gonna. I think that's what we're, what we're gonna get most likely because the HD remasters of Snake Eater you can't do much better than that unless you're trying to do what yeah. Rockstar's doing with the uh, you know the, the PS2 trilogy remasters where it's this like little halfway between remake remaster kind of thing I don't think that would be enough I don't think that's enough to, to justify pulling MGS3 um, back into the mix like that so I think it's going to be a remake ass remake visually um, and if it is then uh, variables be damned I'm still going to give it a 5 on a hype score like it's 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 yeah. Metal Gear. I don't give a fuck. I mean, if it's bad, it's bad. And, and look, I, I can I nothing that they can do with this remake is going to change the way I feel about the original. Right. Oh, for that's sure. not going to change anything. So, if, if it was a, a matter of, of that being a factor, then I would feel a lot different. But the the prospect the classic is isn't going anywhere. Yeah. So. And the prospect of of, of them remaking all the Metal Gears mm-hmm. is particularly exciting, um, though. I mean, a 10-year window. That's my other concern. It's a 10-year window of all these remakes coming out and no new Metal Gear. Boyo. Yeah, yeah. That's I, just not... That's just, look, I, I refuse to believe, and I don't know how you feel about this, that that franchise is ever going to die. Uh, it's not always going to be Kojima on the helm of it. Well, that's just, that's just, that's just going to be par for the course now. But I just believe that Sony, specifically, is not going to let Metal Gear Solid die. They just won't. doesn't mean that the games are going to come out like Metal Gear Solid 7 or whatever the case may be, or 6, is going to be good, but it's going to exist mm-hmm. some one way or the other. But I don't want to wait 10 years for a, a new iteration. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, maybe this is the path to a brand new Metal Gear game that starts, like, without Snake or... Or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, I, I mean, I I think that Metal Gear should exist with or without Kojima. I think that Kojima is, obviously, he deserves all the praise and, and then some for what he did with that franchise. But the reality is, and I've said this in, the, in, in a previous episode a while back, is that Kojima wasn't always great at making Metal Gear Solid games. 4 right. was not great. 5 had a lot of issues. It was unfinished. Uh, the, the portable games were kind of messy for the most part. Uh, some people love them. I don't. Um, it, a, fair argue, a, a fair argument can be made that you know he, he really peaked at three. Um, and oh. ever since then, they kind of just kind of regressed Absolutely. and regressed. So 
I, I'm not this type of Metal Gear fan that says it, it, it's it's Kojima or nothing. Uh, I, I just think that's kind of asinine because there's a lot of really, really great creatives out there, um, you know, the, of the Corey Barlog types that could yeah, yeah. do a lot with this IP if they had the chance to work on it. So I'm not I'm not one of those people that say, oh, no, 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 it has to be Kojima or, or just leave it, you know, let it die. Um, yeah. I think the IP is too valuable for that. And I think a lot of um, really, really bright visionaries out there can do a lot with this IP. So hopefully... Yeah. But hopefully, um, you know this all turns out well. Um, just a lot of you know, a lot of weird variables here because of the Konami and Kojima Productions uh, factor for sure. Um, and, and there's a and there's a lot, and there are a lot of develop, uh, talented developers out there that could jump in, and probably make a really good Metal Gear Solid game. Um, oh yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 you know, if you're a first party studio. You know, you're, you're probably asking Sony or Microsoft, ah, can I do it? I mean, you would love to have a chance at, at working yeah. on a Metal Gear. It's it's daunting because there's a lot of legacy to live up to. But I, if you're a studio out there, I, I would imagine you'd want to do something like that for sure. So, and then the whole and then the whole kind of background stuff about uh, was it uh, Tomokasu Fuka uh, Fukushima, who's the co-writer on almost all the Metal Gear Solid games, who apparently is uh, the real. You know, he's the guy that really created the the story, and and that Kojima j- jumped in and Kojima did up. But yeah. that he's the the Fukushima is the real like the vision is Fukushima's, and Hideo walks. Well, the the vision is Hideo's, but Fukushima's the is the one that makes the foundation. Yeah. Uh, if that's the case, hand it over to Fukushima. See what the fuck he can do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't, I don't mind. Hey, look, I mean, you know, like I said, Kojima has been great for Metal Gear, and he's also been bad for Metal Gear, uh, depending yeah. on how you look at it. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah we'll, we'll keep tabs on it, and obviously when there's more news about it, we'll definitely talk about it on the show. Um, another just element. Don't do, just don't do Police Knots or or um, or Zone of the Enders again, Kojima. Excuse you. Um, rude. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, would take, I would take both of those. Um, uh, so the other part of this is... Um, the rumor is also that when it comes to Silent Hill, um, the 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 scuttlebutts about Kojima Productions working on Silent Hill are apparently true, and that Sony is actually funding uh, the Silent Hill title for um, Konami and Kojima Productions uh, to to get it off the ground. So, um, what are your thoughts about Weird. this? I know you're not a big Silent Hill guy, but um, or really a big horror. You know, enthusiast in, in the gaming world. So, but I, I guess from a from a business standpoint, how do you feel about this this potential rumor, and and what does this tell you in terms of you know what to expect out of this game? Well, let me let me turn it over to you with a question. Okay. How excited were you, or how how, how hype were you for the Kojima uh, Silent Hill uh, game when it was first? Revealed um, and it became PT. I'll be honest. I I think I was a little cautious about it because the it, it kind of all circulated back to Kojima's infatuation with having Hollywood actors um, play major leading roles, dating back to Kiefer Sutherland with with Big Boss. Ever since then, I've been really really hesitant to buy into. Um, any game of his that has that, especially with Death Stranding, even you know, even though Norman Reedus did a, a you know pretty fine job in his 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 character, there's just always something about that Hollywood lead protagonist thing that I don't fully trust 
because I don't know how much dialogue we're gonna get. I don't know how much of yeah, yeah. you know how into it this you know character. Like when you think about like Keanu Reeves and, and Johnny Silverhand, right? Like that's what you want. You want something like that to the point where, and I think I said this in another episode. Like you forget that that's Keanu Reeves after a while, and it just becomes that character. I don't know if I have the ability to do that for Norman Reedus, who always feels like he's being Norman Reedus in a game. You know, like so even, even in a video game. Yeah. So when, when you talk about Silent Hill. When that was first announced, I, I had that same fear of, you know, is this going to be more about who is being cast or is it going to be more about, you know, evolving Silent Hill itself? Because that's what I care more about. I care more about the latter. I don't care what Hollywood actor you brought in to star as whoever the fuck. Just make yeah. a great Silent Hill game. That's what I want. So Yeah. And the reason I bring that up is for those, for that reason itself is uh, it looks like Kojima have a, has a game in mind already and probably has a lot of uh, has a lot behind it already. And so that this would be the easiest way to fast track a Silent Hill game is ha- let Kojima do what he was going to do. Uh, and I, I do find it interesting and a little bit, again, with the whole unfinished business thing i think kojima is really big on that because everything that happened with konami even though he's not directly going to be working with konami he's going to be working through sony with konami it's super it's telling for to me as to how much he he wants to do how much he wants to realize a vision uh as opposed to how much he wants to be a disgruntled employee which he had all the right to be you know they that whole company is fucking animalistic in their approach to employees but ultimately i i find this to be like you said i'm not a silent hill fan i'm not a huge horror game fan but i find this to be interesting and also exciting not in that they're making a silent hill game which i'm happy that they are for you obviously but that kojima is willing to work to a certain extent with a comp with konami whether regardless of how separated or how many degrees of separation between them they'll they'll be at the very least, there's a possibility that Metal Gear, down the road, maybe Kojima's gonna be like, let me, let me, let me finish it, or or let me finish five, or like have like a, some crazy shit, which will never happen. But you know, yeah. it's there, and I hope that we we get that ultimately at the end of it. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, you know, Kojima is not in a position where he can afford to make a bad game. Um, you know, Kojima Productions has a, a, a you know obviously a, a decorated history, um, but I, I hate to go there, but Death Stranding was not everything people hoped it would be, and it wasn't exactly reviewed their best in in some ways, and, and didn't sell as much as they hoped. So, right. you know, when you think about the rumors of them potentially working with Google for a Stadia exclusive. That was a pretty telling sign of, I don't want to say desperation, but th- there's a little bit of thirst going on survival. there to, 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 Sur- to hang survival. on. Right. Yeah. So, and then the Microsoft rumors, which I don't know whatever happened to that, but I guess that so, might have fell through. I don't know. Jeff, Gr- uh, Jeff Grubb said uh, that that's still happening, but that apparently any kind of conversations that they had with Kojima wasn't wasn't anything where he would exclusively work on a one one game for them only like mm. it looks like kojima productions is going to be ramping up development and they're going to be developing gotcha. multiple things and so the xbox one being but I, from from my understanding of the xbox one that's years away 
That's that's like yeah, it didn't seem there, like there, it was a lot coming of R and D. Yeah, a lot of R and D with cloud technology that mm-hmm. they're working on. To, to they, I don't even think they have a game. Really, what what they have is the idea of a lot of uh, research and development behind the cloud stuff, and him being one of the first to actually take full exactly. advantage of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, as the time goes by, so that, that that could be anywhere between now and the next five years. So yeah, yeah, I, you know, so yeah. I, I think with that kind of stuff in mind, though, it, I think it's very evident that um, he has to really try to get it right with Silent Hill and I, I actually have a lot of confidence he's going to make a very good game um, I think that Death Stranding you know despite its its its, its uh, quirks it, it is very unsettling and I would love to see him crank that up even further to see what he can come up with to make Silent Hill which is to me arguably the most unsettling horror game ever made uh, or franchise ever made I, I would love to see his, his rendition of that um, so I think he's I think this is right up his alley, and I think he's going to do a great job on it. Actually, I'm 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 pretty confident in it, and especially now that I'm sort of over the initial like, oh, it's it, it's going to be some Hollywood actor. Like we don't actually know what he's going to do this time around. Too, um, he might not stick with the Norman Reedus idea because that would be kind of redundant to have him star in every fucking thing he's making. That's right. So, um, but then again, I mean, then again, that might be his new muse. His his new uh, they do like working David together. Hader. They do like working together. Yeah. So we'll see. But I mean. I am very, very excited for this. If I'm, if I'm hype scoring it for myself, um, I think I'm probably at a four because I think that um, there's a lot of really interesting questions that Kojima is going to have to answer about the future of Silent Hill through this game. Um, and I think that the bigger question I have is, yes, Kojima is making this one potentially, but what about the future of the series after this? Will it always be on him to make a new Silent Hill? Will it be passed to somebody else? Like, where where is this franchise going? You know, again, yeah. I'm not so concerned about Kojima as I am with the health of this franchise again. Is I don't want it to go through another like five, ten year disappearing act again after this is over. That's right. So, um, but you know, that's uh, that's that's kind of a, the 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 big rumors on the Konami side. Um, but that's not all the the rumors that we had uh, pop off this week. And you got a couple of uh, of things to. Uh, talk through yourself. So what do you got on the loadout news side, man? All right, so uh, let's go through it here. First and foremost, we have 11 studios are apparently in possession of Nintendo's 4K development kit for the Switch, and it has a 2022 launch date. I mean, where are we at with this? Do we believe this to be true? I mean, so Nintendo says it's not true. I don't believe them. Fuck them. They have the, <laughs> the OLED is coming out in, in, in a couple of weeks, in less than a week, right? Yeah, it's, it's coming, coming out with, with this Dread, week. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they have they have investors to protect. Uh, they they have investments to protect, and they want to be profitable. If you know, and they also don't want to be in the news in a negative light. Like, oh, they're releasing an OLED, and then next year, a pro, you know, there's going to be those articles. Yeah, I mean, if Eleven Studios are in possession, I mean, listen, I know that. Uh, I know that the whole rumor stuff and a lot of people are insiders, quote unquote, but this is coming from a legit source mm-hmm. with Bloomberg News. And it's not like one person, it's 11 studios right. have. Right. Did they all just lie you can't, at, yeah. at the same time? Like, yeah, come <laughs> on, man. What are you talking about? It, 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 they have This exists. Now, will it come out next year? Um, yeah, of course. I, mean, I think so. It has, the, it has the. It has Zelda coming out. Bayonetta 3 coming out, it can really benefit from something like this. What are your thoughts on this specifically? Yeah, I mean, I I totally agree that I think this is 1,000% true. Um, and this is just, it, it's it's practically a necessity for Nintendo, so that's why them 
them refuting it is kind of hilarious to me because they cannot continue on thinking that the Switch hardware as is is more than enough. It's just not. And 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 it's yeah. already starting to struggle with you know their own games, let alone what third parties want to do on the platform. So I think it's inevitable this is going to happen. Now, I, as far as t- 2022 being the release year, I think it's going to hinge on Zelda, to be honest, if, if this is a yeah, thing. Because oh yeah. I think you want to have much like what they're doing with Dread and the OLED edition now, they always like having that game that they associate with the newer refresh, right? And it's always Zelda. And it's usually At always... At least the last, exactly. the last five systems have been Zelda. Right. So, yeah. So, so it stands to reason that they're going to do... I, I would imagine they're probably going to have the console's hardware in, in production in the bag, and it's just going to be a matter of waiting on Zelda to be ready. Uh, and then they'll, they'll coordinate it at that point once they figure out the date for the game. Um, So I I think it's going to happen. I think that the biggest question that I have, and this was something that I was going to ask you, I know we both have a lot of questions for each other on this one, but I'm really curious about the price point for this console, if this happens. So so let's do this. Tell me what you want out of a Nintendo Pro Pro Switch or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, or Super... Nintendo Switch, uh, <laughs> or tell me what you want. Tell me what you think it's going to be, and pr- and tell me the price point that you think it's going to come out on. So, what I want this console. Uh, listen, I don't think 4K is essential for the Switch. I don't think that's it, it's it's more of a marketing term than it is a necessity for Nintendo titles. If you're Sony, if you're Microsoft, it's a different story because you're making the kind of games with production values that you'd want to see in 4K. Shit. Right? Sony got on their box 8K. 8K. Like, oh, bruh, come on. There's only one game that's really doing that right now. It's a fucking yeah. indie game called The Tourist. And it's like, yeah, of course it looks in 8K because it's, it's, it's it basically like Legos. Legos. Yeah. Um, you know, so I will say I would love something in the neighborhood of like a 1440p capable console. Perfect for me. Give me games that can run at 60 frames, nice and tight. No, I don't need I don't need much else than that. Now, one rumor that 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 kind of popped up about this um, this Switch Pro is actually well, it's not a rumor. It's actually a patent that Nintendo filed for AI upscaling. And basically, to make a very, very long explanation short, it's it's essentially the ability to take old-ass textures and backgrounds and, and put an AI on it that will sharpen it, smooth That's it out, and make it look like it was remastered, even though... The Mass Effect, the Mass Effect uh, Collector's Edition, uh, uh, Legend Edition had that. Very much, three, yeah, yeah. So, but it's their own, I guess it's their own take on that. So I could see them doing something, some, uh, something to that effect for older Switch titles as a go. way to you know up-res them without having to do a lot of work under the hood to, to achieve that so I would love kinda to like see what, that kind of thing happen yeah um, kind of like what Xbox has done with older games too with the yeah, uh, yeah. just they're just and, and PlayStation 5 too they're just better on the console exactly yeah. it, now the other thing that I hope for is that there's definitely going to be those games in the 2022 window that are going to kind of be in that that no man's land it, like the Pokemons of the world the Splatoon 3s of the world which are you know going to have to look and run well on the old hardware and the new hardware so I do as much as I hate to say I need I want to see it again I do think they're going to have to have some type of upgrade path um, to have like maybe a Switch Pro version of some of those games that you can't necessarily do AI upscaling to to make better Um, 
And as far as the price, uh, I don't know. Did I miss something on your your questions? What do you What do you actually think it's gonna be? Uh, like no, knowing Nintendo to be Nintendo, what do you think this 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 fucker is gonna? I do? think they're gonna market it as a 4K capable console, but it's probably gonna I'm be scared. along the lines of what we just said, or like checkerboarding or something like that. It's gonna be yeah. kind of almost what the Series X PS4 Pro sort of was in terms of like. You know, it, it's it's enough to to check the box, but you're not really going to see that a lot. You're not going to see true 4K games unless they're like bullshit indie titles. That's what I think we're going to get. But I think they want to have that marketable. It's 4K um, to, thing to advertise. So that's what I think we're going to get. But I think power wise, it's I think it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of what I predicted. Um, price point is where it gets tricky for me because I think they have to be very cognizant, obviously, of the price points of PS5 and, and, and Series X and S. Um, I think they're going to be a little douchey with this, though. I, I could see them saying, hey, um, 549 we'll take that money. Oof. I could see them doing that. Um, especially if, again, it's it's if it's coming out with Zelda, and Zelda looks as good as it's probably going to look on Switch Pro, they're going to they're going to sell through all of their units and it's not going to matter. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's fair or not, isn't really the, the, the question. Obviously that's a lot of money for a switch uh, skew, but again, the Zelda factor will make people pay that price. And I think that they will be ballsy enough to charge that much money. I would say for me, what I think, what I want it to be is I want it. Well, obviously that's a little misleading because I want it to be, all the most things, powerful yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but realistically, I want it to be 1440, uh, 1440p mm, mm-hmm. docked uh, at 60 frames. I forgot to say docked, yeah, but yeah, same. Yeah, same. yeah. at 60 frames. Um, and 1080, uh, it depends on the resolution because you don't even need like ni- 900p uh, handheld because I, I, the size of the pixelation. Can I interject real quick and give a, a quick hot take? Yeah. I don't think this is going to be a dockable undockable switch i think oh, this is going to be a home console version they already have the oled they've got a switch Lite. they've got the regular switch i could see them saying this is a home ass console version that would be that would be dope but there's there's no way they'll do it the, with the whole switch concept it, it just it's baked into the name and they're just not going to do it but i think they should i agree i think they should i think they 100 should i just don't think they will i think i think one thing nintendo has to be cognizant of is Depending on what Steam Deck does in terms of business, pricing wise, mm. uh, because you know, uh, four hundred dollars for starting base point uh, for a Steam Deck is not a lot of money. I, but let, let me kind of go real quick here. Okay, let me, okay. I, I'll, I'll sort of go back to when I get to price. So I think it's I want it to be fourteen forty p sixty frames. Uh, you know, on most games, I want it to be nine hundred p undocked. Uh, you know, uh, it doesn't have to. Uh, well, 1080p undocked, but 900p is probably fair with pixelation and screen size. I think what it's going to be, I think it's going to be. I've worded down here. I think it's going to be 1080, 60 frames, upscale 4K. So they can say 4K, but it's upscale 4K. You know, hmm. meaning it's not true 4K. No native g- games are coming out 4K. It's upscaled or checkerboard uh, 4K system. So it, it they'll have the ability to say really small top upscale and then the big 4k um and i think ultimately for the first party games that they get for the mario and the art styles i think that works for them uh and i think it'll keep pricing down um it really just depends for me as to how they market it is this a 
mid-generation or a deep in the generation upgrade or is this the brand new switch if it's the brand new switch then it has to be at the very least 1440p 60 frames because if this is the switch 2 or the next iteration of the switch there's just this cannot just be a slight improvement because now we're looking at another five years with a system that's going to quickly become obsolete once again so that's where um, kind of my other mind, uh, my mind kind of races to, where it's like maybe that they do have this. Maybe eleven teams have this development kit. Maybe that they're not doing this anymore. Maybe they're gonna use that technology and they're going to improve it to make the switch too. Maybe that's what's really happening. But ultimately, I think games like Breath of the Wild two and Bayonetta three would highly benefit from this. And the rumor was going into E three was that all the games that we saw in the uh, direct were running on a pro system. And you can tell by the, especially Breath of the Wild, like how that should look. That also, should look the uh, Mario Rabbids game looked. Yeah, the Mario Rabbids looked exceptionally, beautiful. like really yeah. clean. Yeah, it's like yeah, huh. and, and <laughs> you could always tell by the frames and the frame rate in in, in Breath of the Wild, too, looked like flawless. I mean, the hair was yeah. waving; it was crazy. Um, so we'll see what that. I think price wise, I think uh, I, you know, I, I don't think the Steam Deck is going to be a runaway success uh, because it, it's not meant to be. I don't know uh, if Nintendo's it, checking for the Steam Deck like that. Yeah, but I, I think that there has to be there, there's a market and Nintendo will definitely uh, take over that market, but they have to be in a point where it has to be feasible. Here my pricing, I think it's 450. I think it's uh, mm. uh, $450 for the new system. Now, if it's a brand new Switch, if this is a Switch 2, then yeah, I think 550 is fair or even 500 to kind of, uh, you know, just be with the next generation consoles. But 500 is a lot to ask when you can buy a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X that is going to be infinitely more powerful. So yeah. I, so they, ha- they, have to, they also have to, uh, to look at the fact that Xbox is 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 back in a big way. Um, Sony's never left. Uh, Nintendo is always going to be relevant, obviously, of video course. games. But uh, you're going to get to a certain point where you're asking people to pay the same amount of money that you can pay to get a fucking Xbox Series X or a PlayStation Five. <laughs> yeah, like it becomes unfathomable to think that people would 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 want to do that. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, but that's kind of where I'm at w- with this. So I I, I think it's real. I think it's happening next year. I agree. I think it, it, ha- it has very closely uh, ta- attached to Breath of the Wild. Uh, and I would not be surprised if Breath of the Wild gets delayed past 2022 to 2023 if the Switch is, in fact, going to be a brand new I Switch. Totally like Switch 2. Yeah. I totally agree. I totally agree. If it's like, hey, this isn't happening because we're actually working on the next generation Switch. Okay, then I'm seeing Breath of the Wild mm-hmm. probably... Uh, Gonna, maybe maybe it'll release simultaneously like they always do with like on, with on, Wii U and, and the Switch version yeah, of yeah. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but that's probably what's gonna end up happening. Yeah, but um, I, I agree. That yeah, and so I'm buying another, it. <laughs> huh? and I'm absolutely buying it. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. That's not even a question. Yeah. Come on. Yeah, I have. To. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, um, the next kind of rumor here is Twisted Metal Revival uh, reportedly under development by Destruction All Star Studio Lucid. This is a, a rumor that's been happening for a uh, for a while now. The show's coming out. the 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 idea is that this is going to come out simultaneously with the show or very closely to it. Uh, I'm not a huge Metal Gear uh, Twisted Metal fan myself. Uh, I know Marco is, but we all played Destruction All Stars. We all know how that <laughs> game is. I think conceptually it makes sense. Now, is the execution going to be there for this to be a true? 
uh, respectful revival to Twisted Metal. What do you think about about this rumor? It first, I I think it really makes Destruction All Stars as a game. It it paints that game in a very different light for me because it almost feels like an audition. Oh yeah, more so than oh, yeah. it was ever trying to be something on its own. Um, Apparently, they pass out audition. I don't know how. Now I will say this: I'm I'm going to shoot a little bit of bail to Lucid here because even though Destruction All Stars wasn't very fun, I think it actually played pretty 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 well. I mean, it, it yeah. felt yeah, yeah. it felt good control wise, and so and, and that's a major part of what you have to get right for a car combat game. It's 100%. just that they didn't have a lot of game uh, in there to to actually you know peel back and and so there wasn't a lot there it was very hollow with twisted metal there's a lot more complexity there because now you have a lot more freedom when it comes to the arenas and maps uh there's a lot more you can do with creativity there um on top of that obviously you know the weapons and artillery uh gives it a whole new wrinkle along with that so i i'm i'm not happy that it's them but at the same time, I don't know who the hell else it could be. Yeah. I don't know who else could do this. Um, funny enough, David Jaffe uh, is apparently livid that they didn't consult him or come to him to have some kind of involvement in this game. It's like... Because <laughs> you're toxic, bro. Brother, yeah. Go go sit down and... Because you know. David Jaffe's a lot more concerned about being relevant by saying that he doesn't care if he's relevant. And, and, and just saying wild shit online. So how about we just not have to deal with, with that maniac and then on any level? I mean, what? Listen, so it, I, I, it, even if he was a great guy, I, I, I think that his he's he's way too archaic with his video game philosophy now. Like, he's just, he's, he's from a different, a in- he's from a different era and I just don't think he has really been able to show that he can evolve with the times of modern gaming at all. Uh, Drawn to Death was like a major example of that. That's what I was going to say. Who's still doodling in notebooks and go, oh, man, that's just like my high school years. Like, that's, yeah, that that was probably relevant in the 90s. the idea is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. I will say Lucid uh, Games uh, has a history with car games. Uh, They co-developed Need for Speed Payback with uh, Ghost uh, Games. So so it's not a complete... uh, That makes more sense as to... The rhyme and reason behind making Destruction All Stars, I guess, but it still feels like an audition to me. You know? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I think the 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 controls and the idea of Destruction All Stars is definitely what was the audition. I just, I mean, I, I Twisted Metal has to look not like Destruction All Stars. No, like, right? it has <laughs> <Yeah>. to like <laughs> it cannot be like a Fortnite ass version of of. of no, Twisted it has Metal. to. It has to look. Dingy as shit. Oh, it's got to be really gory. Yeah, it's got to be fucked up. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down. I'd I'd be down for something like that if they're actually, uh, if it actually lives up to, if they if they're able to make a twisted metal game that is as good as it was when it first released in twenty twenty two or twenty twenty three, whatever it is, in this generation of gaming, that that could be really dope because those games. I remember I, I was not a fan of those games myself because I just was never a big fan of games with cars in them uh you know just that, that kind of i just that was stupid kid me he's like oh it has cars no thanks yeah uh you know you know that, that was not kind of my thing but i i think i played it with you i think i've watched you play it at the very least yeah we played uh, we played times. some yeah. ps1 twisted metal 2 yeah. for sure so i, I mean so i it, i think the cool. thing is for me like the real so the real cool. key in this is going to be kind of what they draw from rocket league because that's 
if they if, if they're inspired by Rocket League in some in some vague capacity, then they're able to give this game a little bit more legs and really try to make it a more of a competitive experience online that people with like a you know skill gap and stuff like that they can really tap into. Um, I just don't trust they can do that because Destruction All-Stars, like I said, was so hollow of a game that I don't know if they know how to make a very deep and complex game like a Rocket League. But That game was so hollow, it got delayed till they could give it to you for free. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not lying. You're not lying. You know how bad your game got to be? Like, All right, we're going to delay it to then give it away. We have Goodness. four pre-orders, guys. I think we're just going to have to... We're going to have to... PS Plus this bitch. I mean, that would a terrible look for a PlayStation 5 game to come out. You spend $50. I think oh, it was $70. Yeah. No, it might, no it was I think $50. they discounted it. I, it, it. There's no way it was yeah. $70. I think it, maybe it started off that way, but yeah. But and but then it became part of PlayStation uh, Plus, uh, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, and then the last bit of information, and the reason I kind of I added this here late is because of just kind of the... the Attention to detail. Netflix buys Night School Games, which is a studio that made uh, Oxenfree, uh, After... After something? After Party? Yeah. After Party, yep. After Party. And then they're, they're, uh, you know, Oxenfree 2 is coming out, which, by the way, me and Mark are huge fans of Oxenfree. Big time. Love Oxenfree. I love that game. Uh, Just kind of the way the dialogue in that game works is so good. They they really nailed it. Yeah. Um, and, And with 2 coming out, super hype about that. Really anticipate that. But... Night School Games going over to Netflix is such a weird thing because it, it, there's so much hist- there's so much examples of people going over to a certain company that wants to get into video games and it just straight up not working out for them. To to sell your entire company to Netflix, which by the way, the video the way video games are going to work on Netflix is once you click on a game to play, it's going to launch you to a side application which is Google Play and you're going to stream it off of there. It's not even on there. They don't even want to put the money for infrastructure. That's how much they believe in this. It's almost like they're doing this more to have their name in the news, in headlines. Netflix is into games more than they're actually believing in the product as video games on their on their on their uh, on Netflix on their application. Because man, you buy a whole studio, Night School Games, which is a respectable studio, but it's not a big studio. No, no, you, you're not. You, you didn't buy a Crystal Dynamics or anything like that, right? So, so now you're showing me kind of your your level of of, of commitment to it. It's Night School Games, which is a very solid indie um, developer. But the way you're you're doing this is so fucking bizarre and so like don't give a shit. Like yeah. don't care. Like we don't care so much that we're not even gonna play this off our own damn uh, servers. It, it's it's wild to me and it's a shame because of how much I love the night school games. Um, and even after party, I don't think it was a, it was the greatest effort on their part. It was still their kind of game and it was still pretty good for what it, for where it was. It just wasn't oxen free. Um, yeah. So I I I. I I'm very, I'm very concerned for night school. I'm not even Netflix to me, even though it's not the same thing. It kind of reminds me of um, what's that for Google? Stadia. Stadia and the other one for Amazon that oh, came Luna? out. Oh, Yeah, that Luna, never nobody gives a shit anything. about. Yeah. Yeah, so you know that's kind of where where I'm at with this. Uh, what do you think about about Netflix and, and video games? I mean, I they made a big deal about it. And it's exactly what they wanted. Like, oh, the biggest 250 million concurrent users are going to now have access to video games. Not really. I mean, no. <laughs> no. Um, I, I think this is probably more of a story of Night School probably running out of funds and, and potentially going belly up uh, and needing to figure out a way to 
um, address that. And Netflix just kind of trying to get into the gaming space and it just sort of worked out for both sides in, in a weird way. Um, it's unfortunate because I, I, you know, I would rather see Night School not be ushered into that the, the weird Netflix umbrella now. Um, I'd rather them stay on their own, but at the same time, I understand to an extent from a business standpoint, if they were struggling um, to get over the hump financially, uh, y- you had to do something. And and you're not the kind of studio that a lot of people are knocking your door for acquiring, so yeah, you had to do of, something. Everybody out here buying studios, though. I'm felt, I, I feel yeah. like they got the short end of the stick here. Yeah, but I mean, you know, we love Oxenfree to death, but I mean, Oxenfree is not a game that you hear people talk about all the time so they're just not that studio. unfortunately yeah. um, my, my concern is is also oxen free too netflix pumps money into it and now it's a netflix exclusive game yeah yeah uh, i would actually like a netflix series of oxen free though i wouldn't mind that yeah that'd be pretty kind dope of, it's uh, kind of stranger things vibes a little to bit it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah um yeah. that's actually a better idea now that i think about it yeah. um anyway um you got the ip now yeah that's true that's true um yeah so i mean you know look i i, I just it's going to be interesting to see, obviously, what Netflix does, and even like what Amazon does, because you know their their MMO new world is blowing up right now, and I think that there's potential for um, those two entities to get even more involved. And we don't really know much about what Apple's trying to do in terms of prioritizing gaming now. Uh, it seemed like it was a big initiative at one point. Now it's kind of been well. The Apple Arcade is is um, for all intents and purposes not going great. No, um, it's just not. Did, yeah. 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 So, I mean, I just think it's fascinating that, you know, even though this is not Netflix's bread and butter, Amazon's bread and butter, Apple's bread and butter, we still see these little spurts of moves like this every once in a while that just make you go, yeah. why? Why, though? Um, I, I just, yeah. I think it's, it, it's a fundamental misunderstanding about why people like video games. Uh, I think it's a, it's a multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, entity and they, everybody wants a hand in it, but they don't understand why video game fans play video games. We don't want to play games on Netflix. We don't want to stream games at, 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 at five frames per sec. We don't, we don't want these <laughs> things. And, and then you're asking, and then you're asking, for example, for Apple Arcade, you're asking people who are like myself, who are, are gamers to pay a premium of $4.99 a month, $4.99 a month. Okay, I'll pay it if you, you, you'll have some games, right? But I'm in the minority and I'm a video game fan. There's no way a casual is going to pay $4.99 for games. So it, it's like a fundamental misunderstanding about it. It's like, oh, all the video game fans are going to buy this up because it's free games because mm. of Game Pass. It's like, no, mm. it's not. That's, that's not why we. We don't love Game Pass because it's free games. Yes, that's part of it. We love Game Pass because they it's a video game system, video games first, and also we got first-party games like Halo coming out for free or for a right. premium. It, it's, 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 it's like I said, it, it, and it's, it, it is a fundamental misunderstanding about why we love games. It is the disconnect between us, the video game fans, and the corporations yeah. who make them, which is so weird, but it is a huge disconnect <laughs> in that sense. Man. But, just baffling. Yeah. So let's. We're now we're gonna move on, right? Yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Let's let's hit up some booty juice. Booty. I, I am I am juiceless this week, so I'm gonna turn it over uh, back to Pablo again to yeah. drop his booty juice um, and drop it low. Um, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> drop it, drop it low, low. Uh, so look, 
Marco actually mentioned it a couple of minutes ago. Amazon's uh, Amazon's uh, <laughs> Amazon long-awaited MMO New World released, and with it, a particular problem that has been so normalized in video game culture that it's gone pretty much under the radar, and that's the limited creative character tool set when creating a person of color, particularly a black character. This is a cross-generational failure that has yet to be addressed in any significant way. Uh, It's sheer laziness or cost-effectiveness because a person of color does not have the same features as a wild, uh, as a white male or female. You know, uh, the quote-unquote standard features don't apply because features from a black man, a Spanish person, are wildly different. That's what makes us different, right? Certain features. there's limited skin tone options, terrible lighting for, for darker oh, skin. Uh, it, it, it doesn't even, it literally looks, and it's unfortunate to say, like blackface. The, the, these, these characters are so obviously white. And then you, you, yeah, you I mean the bone structure the bone structure is for a Caucasian person. And it's just yeah, like, yeah. here's black color on that now. Yeah, like and, what? And the thing, and, and the thing is, 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 is there are so many options. There are so many ways to make a particular character look a particular way if he's probably a standard-looking white male or female. Because when you look at the what seems like an infinite combination of characters, and you only have four hairstyles for a black character, two of them are which... Uh, uh, Short afro, long afro, uh, short cornrows, like yeah, 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 long cornrows. You know, it's like it, it, it's 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 offensive. It's frankly embarrassing for a game like New World to come out and, and, and be kind of again as a game you could do anything, do it, and, and you can't even create a a a brown guy without him looking like uh, just like whatever 1930s Hollywood would do when they needed an ethnic person. Just go ahead and. Yeah. Get him a little brown in that skin there with, the, with some yeah. makeup. That's what it. That's what it looks like. And, and, and what really is uh, concerning to me is there hasn't really been any significant, uh, no significant way of fixing this. Nobody's really put too much time. There are some games that that do that. that have done I was well going to say the there are some exceptions. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Like even Neo Two, uh, Neo Two created character uh, is. Crazy! You can make Kanye West in that game, and it looks like Kanye West. Yeah. It, it's it's nuts. So I would actually uh, throw some, and this is you know, yeah. T- oh, for this sure. isn't like an RPG per se, but the 2K series is yeah. oh, phenomenal yeah. at, at at you know all that stuff. They have uh, dozens and dozens of hairstyles, features, and you know, like I said, the bone structure that is it, you can tell yeah. it's not just some white person's head with black skin on it. You know, it looks like it's deliberate, you know, and intentional. Yeah. I think that that's the key. Um, so yeah, there's some exceptions, but by and large, dude, you're absolutely right. It's 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 it, horrific. Yeah. It, it's so bad, and it, it really just it, it makes me upset because we're 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 part of a, a a culture with video games that right now is going through some kind of uh, renaissance of like standards and and behaviors within the industry, and 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 you know a lot of things about race are out there. A lot of writing about race representation stuff, overall yeah. representation but yet this very small what people listen to like rolling their eyes like uh political correctness Look, this yeah is, yeah i want to get into that woke shit too because this isn't yeah. what it's necessarily about but yeah go ahead no go ahead. because if you have the ability to create your own character how about give me the ability to create my own that's character? what i'm saying yeah not exactly yeah, don't don't give me the option of oh you can create anybody you want as long as they're white 
you know yeah. and, and i say white and I, and I say white in the sense of the standard looking male that has been in every video game oh since, my god since it was almost since, like a running uh, joke for a while like the bald yeah, space yeah. marine the the quippy yeah. white dude like the marvel films type of character yeah. like dude it's like it's practically a meme at this point yeah, and, and when listen, like when a character is done right, like a black character is done right, and this is not a creative character game, but Spider-Man Miles Morales, you know, there, there are many articles out there about his hair, the lighting, how how perfect it is, how how it looks like a teenage, you yeah. know, a black kid. Like it's, yeah. it, it it's it's it works. You can do it, but you have to put effort into it because you're, it's not no longer a one size fits fits all tool set. There is a tool set for all kinds of, and that just, and that doesn't even go. That's not just for black or Hispanics, but also Asian. It's like, you know, you make their their facial features look Asian, and then everything else is just, yeah. They they look like, yeah, like Mass Effect is also one that does. It's kind of bad with Asian characters oh where they kind of look horrible. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. And then you know, there's a lot to it. There's a lot that goes into it, but that's not my problem. If you're going to make a game. That it's going to bolster the the fact that you can make your own character. Just let me make my own character. I mean, it, 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 yeah, we got a game that came out this week, this week, and got it down. That's ridiculous, dude. Here's the thing. Uh, first, you're 100 percent right, but I want to I want to circle back to the the potential. Oh, here's another woke podcast type of thing that could be something a listener might think. This isn't necessarily even about wokeness. It's just about the the purity of if you're going to give me a character creator, like you said, if I am a I, I, am a black person and I want to create somebody that looks like me, in a character tool set that you've given me that you said I can create someone like myself, right. and I go in there and I actually learn that I can't do that, that's a problem. So yeah. it's not even so much oh you know you guys are just trying to be woke or whatever. It's 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 literally holding these developers accountable for something that they said I can do that I actually cannot do, right? Right. So there's that aspect of it. The other part of this is it it would be one thing if they weren't just executing African-American, you know, faces and Asian-American faces, right? Or I don't even mean Asian-American per se, just Asian faces and, and, and black faces, right? It's also the fact that it's an abundance of, of, of Caucasian options that you have. It's it's also the ratio, in other words, right? Yeah. If you look at certain games, I mean, you go down like hairstyles alone. You'll see every fucking hairstyle that ever existed down to the 40s. You'll see pompadours before you'll see, you know, a, a, a current-looking hairstyle for a black man or a black woman. Like a, a basic mid-fade. You don't see that, but you'll see the, the flat top. Like the embarrassing Bro, flat top. Yeah, like you know, like oh, let's just grab something from the '90s, an afro and some cornrows, and ah, that 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 checks enough boxes. But let's get the, let's make sure we have a pompadour, guys. Let's make sure that we have the the the, the parted left hairstyle, the parted right hairstyle. Let's make sure we have the <laughs> slick back hairstyle for the whites. Like, like, listen, I'm I am I am white, my I am Juanjite, okay? Um, <laughs> white. I I I have not encountered these types of problems um you know i I am italian and you know i have certain features that make me look not necessarily the whitest of white um 
but I don't run into these challenges. And I, I realize that that's a privilege to not have that kind of problem to, to find and create somebody like me. The, the, the biggest challenge I have is finding a beard that looks like mine. You know, that, that's, that's the extent <laughs> of it. Most facial hair in games but, sucks ass. But, the, but, you know. But the thing with. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go finish. finish. No, I was just going to say, like, you know, that's the extent of my problems. Then multiply that times everything. You can't find a nose that looks like yours. You can't find eyes that look like yours. And then certain character creators don't have the super granular option where you can adjust certain aspects of the nose, the arch, the the width. You know, it's all preset shit that you just kind of hodgepodge together. And then you get something that doesn't look anything like you or anything like, you know, your race for the most part. Like, you know, my, my problems in character creation pale in comparison to that. So I just think that, you know, to your point, um, it's time for that to change. And if you're going to do character creation, you have to do it right or else it's just going to be another embarrassing moment of, oh, this really can't be for yeah. me for a, a lot of other races with the exception of one or two. You know what I mean? That just but sucks. Yeah, it, it, and, the, and the issue is, as well, is if a game comes out with a bad character creator, period, everybody hears Everybody that. does. It's a complaint. You can't... It's a terrible... Uh, but guess what? Every game that's come out that's been specifically uh, about making your own character, guess what? It has a bad character creator because you can't make everybody the way that they say... You can, yeah. you know, so it's ridiculous. I mean, my I myself, um, I'm I'm a Hispanic uh, male. Uh, I, you know, don't really have that problem because I, 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 yeah, I, I, I scale more to the white in terms of skin color and, and certain features. So it's I don't have that problem myself. But I mean, I think ultimately what we're getting at here is if you're gonna make a character creation, uh, you know, tool, make a character creation tool. Mm-hmm. Make it like go do it. I, I don't want to see. I, I don't want to see a game uh, like. Um, I always do this. I always blank out on an <laughs> obvious game every episode. It's kind All of right, let's play. Let's the play the Fallout. Game, Fall, the Bethesda game coming. Fallout no, Starfield. The new one. Starfield. Okay. Jesus. I don't want to see Starfield come out next year, and then character creation and you can't. It, it looks terrible, like they usually do. By the way, on Fallout games. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or, or they can go the route of, of, of what they did with uh, Prey, where um, it's just uh, it takes set character, right. whatever, fine. But you know, anyway, regards to that, this needs to change, and 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 and, it, and we need more awareness towards this, and it has to be a thing that that it, I, it has to be a thing that that, that gets. Fixed. I would also add in as a as a as an extra part of this is also not just people of color, but but gender representation needs to be handled better too. Um, you know, where making a woman is so difficult. it's it's a new it, yeah. Everything from making you know a, a standard you know woman to you know uh, obviously we're in a new time now where you know you know transgender um, representation should be accounted for now and thought through. Um, and so when you give people a male or female option, that um, you know when you do so, if you if, if you were to choose female, it eliminates having you know masculine voices to choose from, right, and vice versa. Those yeah. those types of things are are really really unnecessary anymore like it those things yeah. should be kind of gone so that it's it's not just people of color but it's also people of, of different you know um uh, just gender identities you know just make a tool set that is completely customizable and if you can't do that they don't do it yeah i mean Simple and, and, and most of the time like it <laughs> these games don't even really do much with the character creation stuff anyway like you like 
you know, you don't even see your character in most of these games, you know, because they're, yeah. they're mostly first person anyway. So you're not even really getting a chance to, you know, see how your character looks in dialogue, you know, exchanges or cinematics. So it's like if 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 you're not even going to do it right and your game isn't even built to show your your created character that much, then don't even bother. You know, like like the ascent or yeah, the ascent or even the outer the wilds, was like- or outer world. Sorry. Uh, you barely see your character in the Outer Worlds. They, they, they give you all yeah. these options. And they're actually one of the better ones at hairstyles and features and stuff from what I yeah, remember. Yeah. But you don't see your character. So it's like, there's no point to this, yeah. you know? So yeah, it's, 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 it's a problem for sure. Um, now, moving on. Um, that was a great segment, man. Uh, great booty juice uh, topic f- uh, for sure. Um, it is time for the main event of the show, and that is called the Checkpoint Chat. And this week's Checkpoint Chat... Is going to talk about Japanese games, the good, the bad, and the nani. Um, nani. So the nani is 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 going to be the the the, the weird or the you know just yeah. the the Japanese ass Japanese you know type of you know uh, archetypes of gaming. Um, you know, look. Also, go ahead, go ahead. The, the history of the word nani uh, is is like it's like a catch-all word where it means a lot of things. It means like in Japanese, it means like huh, or it means like right. what. It just means like that kind of like sh- like shocking factor so <laughs> yeah and, and if you play japanese games you've heard that word quite uh, yes you, you, you sure yeah. have um and you know i, I think the reason why this uh this topic is is a decent one to talk about is you know earlier in the show we were talking about scarlet nexus and i think that there's a lot of scarlet nexus ass games out there in the industry uh in some form or fashion and, and i've always found it fascinating to talk about or think about how Japanese games have um, evolved or maybe not evolved so well uh, over the years because there was a time 20, 25 years ago and and before that, of course, where Japanese development was the A1. You know, Western development, Western gaming was still kind of finding itself and, and heavily inspired by Japanese developers. Now it's, I would, I would actually argue that it's predominantly Western developers yeah, or you know even european stuff but you know just just not yeah. so much japan is Japanese. not necessarily the hub for the a1 games anymore yeah right? they they've kind of they've kind of been they they, they were revolutionary for a Absolutely. while and then they've been in the same exact spot since that point. they've never really evolved much yeah from, and we'll, we'll talk yeah. about some of that too but uh, what we're gonna do is we're just gonna kind of go through the good the bad and the nani of 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 japanese games uh you know one one segment at a time here uh, and we have a few things we wanted to talk about just kind of thematically about Japanese gaming um, in, in each of these three sections. And we're going to start with the good of Japanese games. And um, and I think this one is, is, is probably more low-hanging fruit, but still relevant for this conversation. But I think what Japanese games have managed to maintain um, all this time is maintaining a, an excellent sense of style and coolness. The cool factor of Japanese games are always um, very, very strong uh, for the most part. Uh, and, and we'll get into some of the downfalls of, of the style in terms of like tropes and things later on. But what are your thoughts just about the way that Japanese games have have always had that cool factor with like character designs and um, you know when you think about combat and the, the stylish, you know, like the Devil May Cries of the world, where, you know, you have, like, a little bit more flair and flamboyance to those types of yeah. experiences. How do you think this is... Why do you think this has been a strength, and, and why do you think it's 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 been hard for other, you know, uh, countries to catch up 
I I think um, one of the things that Western developers do, and, and like you said, European uh, developers do, is that they're way more focused on realism, a oh, realistic a take on that's this. That's a good point. A, they want to be uh, grounded in some sort of reality they've created within that world. Uh, Japanese games don't give a fuck. Not at all. They will they will create a world like, for example, Yakuza, which is a one to one aspect in terms of an existing world with Japan and, and Kamurocho and all that stuff. And then within that, they'll do some crazy shit. Like, for example, every time that Kiryuga's gonna fight, he takes <laughs> off his shirt. And with, the with way he just... takes off his shirt makes no sense. He pulls it off from the collar in the back, one pull, and it comes right off his body. All of it. And it's come and it's like not broken. It's not rip possible. It. <laughs> yeah, he not. just took it right off, and you see his dope ass tattoo, and he's oh ready to fight. God. I don't know what the hell that's. I about, thought I was the only one, dude. That was no, like man. that's. This man t- I'm just thinking of the logistics of that. Like, how you get not out of your your shirt sleeve? How do he you? He takes it from the collar and directly <laughs> on the back of his head. He pulls up. And the shirt, which he puts on later, which is not broken, it's just completely off oh his entire God, body. Dude. Like it, it's shit like that. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They, it, it's it's not necessarily style over substance. It's substance plus style in a lot of these games, where it's they're creating this very serious uh, story, but they're not gonna shy away from something like that, from ripping your shirt off your your entire back or doing some crazy acrobatic move. Uh, but in like for example Yakuza 6 Kiryu's uh, already old and he's always yeah. out of breath but yet when you're fighting he's doing like these crazy cartwheels super duper triple kicks and then it's like you know they, they're not going to shout they're not going to they're not going to take away from the style of a game just so they can ground it in a reality because they don't give a fuck yeah and, and that's kind of like yeah, yeah it's 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 a major part of it you're, you're actually 100% right because you think about like going back to Devil May Cry again the uh, the cutscenes uh, of of like battle sequences being so over the top, like it's like John Woo yeah. on steroids, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. stuff that's just not even remotely realistic, and 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 they they do that stuff with reckless abandon. Um, because they know it looks cool, and that's how they want you. Yeah. They want you to be in awe of the coolness, and I think that's there's there's a simplicity to that that I really appreciate. Because you're right, like when you think about games like The Last of Us, and you know even Uncharted's and stuff like that. There's always that we want to be real and grit. Even like Gears of War types of stuff is is still yeah. there's. It's over the top, but they still want you to make it feel like it's grounded in some capacity. Yeah. yeah. And Japanese games really don't ever um, expect you to treat it yeah. like it's realistic. And I think that that lets right. you just sort of appreciate they uh, their experiences as it is, instead of saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, I wish that um, you know that was more of a grounded, uh, scrappy battle instead of dashing through the air." You know, like you don't care about yeah. that because it's it's just too much fun. Yeah. You know the, what I mean? The West. It- creates a game with a set of rules and they follow mm-hmm. those rules Japanese development creates a world there are rules that they set and then they break those rules almost immediately all because yeah. they don't give a fuck you know <laughs> Not well, at all. gravity what is gravity you know what I mean <laughs> it doesn't matter you know uh, yeah. what is anatomy that don't matter uh, it, it's yeah. but it but it works because they are so not focused on the grittiness or realism that it, 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 the whole game is style throughout, you know? Even games like, uh, and, and, you know, we're on a Yakuza kick, but Yakuza Like a Dragon, like, there's some very serious moments in that game followed by fucking yeah. 
dumb shit. Like, just like the dumbest right. shit, which is, but it looks super cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean it, it, and that also lends itself to be bad in certain aspects sometimes. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. overall, in terms of like the style and coolness of it, J- Japan has that in spades. And I think there's nobody that's really been able to to do what they do in that sense. Yeah. I think it also extends to character design as well. Um, when you think about like the like the Sephiroths of the world, right? The Final Fantasy characters, the spiky hair, gigantic sword wielding guy, yeah. you know, the gun blade guy with like a leather feathered jacket on, you yeah, know, stuff yeah, yeah. like that. I love the fact that they're that they're willing to go there because to your point earlier about that 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 gritty realism that a lot of Western games strive for. Um, they don't care about that either. They're not interested in casting some actor. Uh, well, I guess unless you're Kojima, but they're not. They're not interested in that. They're not interested in oh, we should have um, the the voice actor also do the mocap so that he can pull off the Kratos. You know, like that's great for God of War, but that's not something that Japanese yeah. games need. Now, sometimes you kind of hope they would go the extra mile like that but they don't need it because they trust their art design and their character design enough to um to sell you on that character without needing yeah, all that extra stuff. i think what it boils down to is culture uh culturally that's just kind of how they they are as well with terms of like a lot of hobbyists and a lot of things they do a lot of weird stuff over there like in terms of of hobbies and stuff like that uh now yeah. i will say this um we may not recognize them but you'd be surprised how many famous Japanese movie stars are in video games. Uh, like, mm-hmm. like all Yakuza, like Yagami, that guy's a you model. You are turning this into a Yakuza yeah, ass segment. <laughs> but that, that guy's a model. Like, that guy's like a known, like, actor, model. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And, and, and when you see certain characters, they are very well um, developed in their face. Mm-hmm. Nine times out of ten, that's, a, that's someone famous that people recognize out there. But, they aren't. Be, they aren't beholden to. You got to make this actor look like this actor. That's it's, my. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's which is your point. Which is like you're in this game. Now you're in this game, and we're gonna make you do, or your character's gonna do what we were going to make him do anyway. Right. But we thank you for your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's gonna be an awesome greeting card. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for your face. <laughs> um, the second thing on our uh, our good. Uh, of Japanese games is uh, we just touched on it a second ago is is the delicious melodrama, mm. um, man. I, I'm going to challenge you not to talk about Yakuza for this segment. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but it is unfortunately a great example of it. Um, I think that there is something to be said for the theatrics of of Japanese storytelling. We'll get into some of the downfalls, like I said, uh, in in a second here, but. Um, I love the fact that they go for it in terms of having a very emotive, um, uh, passionate type of, of performance standard in, in a lot of ways. Uh, depending on the franchise, depending on the developer, of course. I'm not you know overly generalizing here, but I think by and large, I love the fact that they are willing to um, be gut wrenching in the ways that Japanese storytelling can be gut wrenching, right? Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciate that, and I, I think that, again, it, the point you made earlier is so true about like the realism factor of, of you know Western and European games now, where I think that they've lost the ability to be you know the the kind of melodramatic that the Japanese games are. Um, you know, upon. Yeah, I, it, in a way it is, and I think that there's there's more shock value 
in in Western and European games now than there than there are in in Japanese games, and I think that's how they try to like you know make you lean forward in your seat. Whereas Japanese storytelling has a way of of, of um, building certain plot threads up, giving you a crescendo. It's very formulaic, but it it still works in a lot of ways um, in in games yeah. like the ones we've talked about over the last couple episodes. Yeah, and they don't shy away from melodrama, putting it anywhere within within the actual mm-hmm. story itself. You know, you got Final Fantasy VII for example with the whole eco terrorist stuff. Like that shit is is not there, and then it's there, and then it's 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 you know Barrett is very passionate about it, and then he's not. It, it's it's but it's there, and when it, and usually. It does work, you know. You got game. You got games like Tales of the Rise, which I'm playing right now, where I just I'm I'm trying to free some slaves, right? And 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 and, and then I then have to help somebody find a cat, and then <laughs> you gotta find the cat. You yeah, gotta and, always find a cat. And then I go back, and it's we're talking about social, economical, you know, differences between <laughs> yeah. two people, one who use one as slaves, and it's a, a very dramatic thing that happens. And somebody dies, and you're like, holy shit, this person was just helping me find a cat. Now he's dead. <laughs> you know, it, it, and that's the thing with them. It, it's just like their style. They're not afraid of melodrama. It's their bread and butter. And when you do something with confidence, when you do something that is, you know, written well enough, you can get away with it. And, yeah. and and I think and I think that's the measure of a good of, of a good game in terms of its writing because uh, a lot of people think good writing The Last of Us absolutely one hundred percent of course but it, it's writing in a more of a uh, how would you say ethereal way a more of like a, a, the way we know good writing is like Hemingway or, or something like that right oh yeah, it, yeah it's very much yeah, yeah. it's very much uh, a a a, a it's more a whimsical. Story, yeah, it's a story of of dramatic, you know, importance. And in J- Japanese games, one hundred percent, they're there, but they're not afraid to tell that story any yeah, way they wh- want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, inject- it's more fantasy drama yeah. than yeah. it is, you know. And it works gritty. because, and it, 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 why does it work? Because you got the cool stylist, the style, right? You got the coolness. You got these characters yeah. that they're creating that you care for for different reasons. I care about Ellie for one way, but I care about a different character in a Japanese game, about Cloud, about Aeris. Right. It's a different, a different way. It's still emotionally attached, but in two different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when something happens to one of those characters in the game, you almost get the same amount of emotionality coming out of it, but they got there in two very different ways. With, with Western games almost always falling in the try-hard uh, camp. And, yeah. And the Japanese 100%. games also falling in flat on their face as well. But when it works, <laughs> it works more often than not in those games, especially if you're invested in those characters. True, yeah, true. Japanese yeah. games, yeah. Now, now let's let's go ahead and, you know, since we're kind of here now, let's let's go ahead and jump into the bad. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know, coming off of the, the, the delicious melodrama, the, the bad part of that is that there's a lot of very, very stale... Uh, anime tropes and plot devices that oh, yeah. have been just used to death in Japanese games, and this is this is to me what makes what makes getting into JRPGs these days really hard for me. Yeah, because you're asking me to play a game that is probably thirty to forty plus hours. Uh, in some cases, in the Personas and Shimigami Tenses of the world, 80, 90 in some cases, right? So you're, you're asking me to devote a lot of time to play your game and experience your story. In those dozens and dozens of hours, I have already seen your game's story dozens and dozens of times before yes. I played your game. 
right? And so I think that Japan development has really... I don't know if it's because they don't really want to or feel the need to um, take more chances and, and deviate from norms, or if it's because... You know, in the Japanese market, this stuff is still getting eaten up and in, in, in adored, despite all of its triteness. I don't. Um, something's I, up here. <laughs> I don't know if, and I, I can't, I'm not an expert on Japanese culture, but there's there's a there is a certain sense of proudness of kind of like we were here first because of this, and this is it. Because Nintendo does it sony does it when sony every time the sony is up ahead in, in in sales or anything they get very very asshole they just turn to complete jerks <laughs> they're like yeah yeah we're the shit so what what's up no we're not giving you that game for free shut the fuck up like that's yeah, yeah. kind of like and i feel like the way that these games are made and the way they found success is they don't want to get away from that because they feel this is what got us to this point and this is what's working for us so that's kind of how where i'm at with that yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it, it, to me, it's, to me, I think it's blatantly stagnant, um, regardless of the reasons why. I think, I think the reality is, is that, um, it, it, again, this is, this is an industry where the price of gaming is, is getting higher for consoles and for the games. You're asking me to play games that are very long, especially in the Japanese, you know, uh, side of things. That the games are, are typically longer than what you'd see um, in European and, and Western studios, right? <sighs> And, 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 and all just to see the same villain archetype yeah. of hey I want to destroy the world and rebuild anew and become as gods like <laughs> near <laughs> Automata the, the the special edition that came out on Xbox is literally called the become as gods edition yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like oh you shit. guys just don't fucking get it like it's it, and there's a ton of anime tropes. Like you know, at, at the start of the show when I did my intro, I, I intentionally did a joke about like the burned, you know, the village burning. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. every JRPG has the protagonist village <laughs> burned down to the ground. It, it's look, Japanese games from a storytelling standpoint are almost transparently formulaic, it, to the point where you can you you know where the game is going before it thinks you do. It yeah, still yeah. wants to think that you have no idea what's going to happen next. That that guy that is supposedly in your group that looks like a complete fucking villain has the meanest expression, the worst, the most sadistic voice actor of all time. Yeah, I'll join you guys for this mission. It's like, fine. Oh, that, yeah, <laughs> this guy's this guy's a, he's a he's a hero. Yeah. Uh, it, it, like they have to understand. Like, look. Yes, that stuff probably still works in Japan, in, in all likelihood. But you're still selling your game here, yeah. And, right. So you have to consider whether you, you know, whether you like it or not. You have to consider your audience uh, across the globe. And if what you're doing works in one place, that's great. But if it's so fucking telegraphed everywhere else that you know from people who've seen it and done it all before. You have a real problem on your hands, especially in cases of Scarlet Nexus, where you're introducing a new IP that you want people to care about. You ideally want that to be a long-running franchise, right? And you can't build any traction off of it because the minute people pop in your game and start playing it, yes, it might have cool gameplay, it might have style, it might have delicious melodrama, but it all kind of gets, I guess in, in the worst way, balanced out by all the predictable shit you knew the game was going to do. Yeah. You know? So, it, it, that's the thing. It, it's all these stories written within these uh, overused tropes. 
you can get a good story out of them. You know, of course. But ultimately, when you look at and and I'll, I'm gonna bring it up again just one more time, uh, Lost Judgment. <laughs> it, you know, you don't really think about it, and, and there's a lot of tropes with that game. But the, the the thing that that game does, that is a thing in almost every JRPG RPG game, is the power of friendship. It's oh that that is such a overused. I mean, everything in, in oh. every in every game, you overcome everything because of the power <laughs> of friendship. Even Final Fantasy VII, to a certain extent, it's like that. You know, it's all about all these relationships I build with these guys. We are now friends, and because of our friendship and our bond together, now we're going to defeat the god. You know, it's it's Ugh. so overused. And then and all so the characters in the party are all, you know, fucking the same archetypes. There's the eccentric yeah. one. There's the really, uh, there's the cool dude, the dude bro. Yeah, man, no problem, dude. It's all good. Don't worry about it. And we- then you have, like, the super serious, like, stoic, yeah. you know, the, 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 straight, the straight character. You know yeah. what I mean? Which yeah. is why Persona 5 uh, works so well, because everybody in that party is f- kind of flawed in major ways. Yes. And so they're not all the same. And yes, they overcome shit because the power of friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're not... They're, they're all very realistic, almost realistic in that sense. Like, they're, they're not these highly confident archetypes or... or they don't fit into anything specifically. An is, yeah. is very self-conscious. Uh, yeah. You know, every, they're just... They're all... They all have problems, and that's why you take a trope like the power of friendship and you make something of it. That's when that shit works. But when it's yes. just the power of friendship, you know, and like you said, grinding <laughs> is is absolutely just just horrific. I hate grinding in games, and you know that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah th- I agree. Oh, and, and also, there's a little bit of a Sephiroth not being a good example of this because he's actually very threatening, a bad guy. But there's a lot of villains in JRPGs and art and Japanese games that actually aren't very good like they, tr- they turn out to be very ho-hum at the end of it like it, it's yeah it, so th- th- there's that trope going for it as well but anyway yeah I, it, it's if they can't get out of their own way out of their own way of those tropes that's when the game gets bad and it, it, it goes bad a lot because a lot of uh, RPG uh, or Japanese games period uh, that come out of Japan that aren't good that oh, aren't no. good oh yeah. no 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 yeah yeah and uh, while we're on the subject of bad uh, the the this next one is, you know, we can poke fun at a lot of things in the realm of Japanese gaming. This one to me is, I think it's, it kind of pisses me off, to be honest. So I'm going to try not to leave Earth on this one because it's just, it's so blatantly fucked up that I'm, I'm just tired. Okay, let me just say it. The second bad thing is, this, is the overly sexualized women and minors. Um, that you see in a lot of, of, of Japanese uh, games and, and just a lot of the, the subtleties that they try to pull off with um, you know the design of those characters, the, uh, the, war, the, the attire that they wear. Um, it's almost like it, it, the, the wink and a, and a nudge of you like her. Double right? entendre, She's, always. Yeah, so I, I want to make sure that I'm very clear here. Uh, you know, I am not approved. Okay, I I don't have a problem with sexualized anything in in games as long as there's rhyme or reason for it. The problem is in Japanese games, there's usually not a lot of rhyme and reason. It's just because the thing to do is to make characters, particularly women and underage looking. Schoolgirl, uh, the schoolgirl looking. Yeah, it's just to blatantly make them attractive. 
um, and and to do certain things with the stories around them to um, kind of heighten that, but without being blatant to the point where it's it's straight up pervy, right? I'm going to give an example of a game that a lot of people say is one of the best games that's come out in a long time. Uh, it's the cult classic. It's one of the best stories ever told in games. There's a lot of you know forum talk about Thirteen Sentinels. It's just a game that I actually played. Oh, yeah. I, I beat it from start to finish, and. There was a point early on in that game, very early on, where I realized exactly what this game was trying to do. Um, I'm not going to get into the, to the details about 13 Sentinels, but what I will tell you is this. It stars um, a group of, of, of kids that are basically you know, high school students or grade school students. Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not going to explain too much of the story, but they, they have the ability to jump in giant mechs. I, I played this game for only a little bit, and I know exactly what you're about to okay. say. Okay, yeah. When they get in the mechs, yeah. first and foremost, there's, there's start buttons that are on each character's body to basically initiate being able to go in into their mech. One of the, I think it is the first character you see, has her particular start button under her fucking skirt. So she has to pull her skirt up a little bit which exposes the start button that's it's lighting up green or blue or whatever, and then press, and then that's what gets her to jump into the mech. Where she gets into the mech, and they're all naked in the mechs. Yeah. Right. And this and also, is, and ahead, also the thing with that is, when they show the males in the in, in the in the mech, they show them from a certain angle, and when they show the girls, it's almost in that. It's like this like, arched looking kind yeah. of yeah. Gross. Fucking gross. All right, look, I, I, I don't... Listen, it, what pisses me off more is is not just the fact that, that, that these games are still doing this stuff or having, like, the, the, the woman in the game, like, there's a teacher in the game with, like, enormous breasts. Like, in, like, ridic- like unnecessarily enormous breasts. And, of course, she's wearing a skin-tight outfit where uh, they're just, you know, kind of bouncing around and stuff like that. It, it's, it's over the top. But what pisses me off more than anything is these fucking apologists... That just because they enjoyed the game, they try to well. As a matter of fact, these uh, these these teens aren't actually teens at all because they're all clones of this project. That if you if you pay attention to the story, listen, motherfucker, they were designed to look like minors, and so they they gave you that olive branch to make you not feel bad about yeah. being attracted to or the way them, those kids look, or make themselves not feel like total complete pieces of shit for doing this. Exactly. So look. People talk a lot of shit about how amazing that game is. I don't fucking care to hear it. The only reason why I I beat that game is because I wanted to have a complete picture of how much of a fucking joke that game is from the the, the standpoint of of how it overly sexualizes those underage characters. And, and and, And I hate to say it, but even games like Persona, Persona 4 Golden has a moment where there's like a newscaster talking about a kid that's one of the characters in the game that you play with that is really cute and oh i'd like to you know interview her myself one day and it, it just gets fucking weird i'm yeah. tired of seeing that shit in these games like you know there's bad stuff that i can live with the anime tropes and stuff like that but you keep that bullshit over there if that's yeah, what you're gonna bring over here like don't do it and even with persona 5 like th- that game opens up with a sexual assault case right yeah. and then later down the line there's certain times where there's some double entendres with, with these schoolgirls and, and how they kind of approach uh, yeah. Joker a little bit. And it's kind of like, Ugh. and you just had a whole ass 
opening of a game talking about sexual assault. Where I'm it, just gonna it say isn't, it. it isn't as egregious a, as other games, but it's super weird that it's still. I, I'm I'm just gonna say, I, and and I don't care if this is hot button or whatever. I I think there is such a thing as perv culture. Yeah. Um. It, it just and it's not even a Japanese thing. I just think it's a thing, where you know there's these little things that games do or that animes do, where it's catered to a certain group of people who are into that shit. Let's just call it whether they admit it, it or not. It is yeah. whether they admit it or not. And it, it's it's the secret thing that you know no one likes to acknowledge about you know their own tastes and stuff. But it, it's we wouldn't keep seeing this stuff if there wasn't a, a, an audience of some sort that eats this stuff up. That's the reality of it because no one is outwardly going to say yes. I would love some some sexualized minors in this game. No one's going to say that out loud. But there are people that want that. And just don't say it. There's people that do like that fan art and stuff like that, which gets really fucking gross too. Oh um, yeah, the tiffish, yeah. the tiffish is ridiculous. Yeah, there's stuff like that too. Um, so there's there is an audience for this. There is a there is a group or a a a, a culture of some type. Maybe culture isn't the right word here, but no, I, it's, I think it's it is. There. It's there. I think it is. So. Yeah, I, I didn't mean I, to dominate. I, I didn't mean to dominate this one, no, but it's just this one was like a big one for me. I still think the onus goes back into the development uh, in terms of like, you know, not, not, not doing this. I mean, I, if I look at even even our favorite Kojima, look at Quiet, and the explanation yeah. the explanation you gave as to why she's dressed the way she is, that's bullshit. Because in real realistically, if that was the case, she shouldn't have any clothes on. Because right. uh, because of uh, how she breathes through her skin, she not, but she does. But there's certain uh, there's certain aspects of her that are accentuated, you know, and, and there's certain things, certain camera shots that you look and they're absolutely sexualizing her. That's so true. Yeah, like the, the, oh the the oh we didn't mean for it to show under the schoolgirl's skirt. Um, you. Yes, you, know, you did. Your yes, you fucking did. Like Thirteen Sentinels does that too with the same character. Like she'll fall down and you'll see you'll see a glimpse of it as she's like, oh fuck you. Like no, yeah. don't stop it. I, yeah. yeah. So I. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but it's just it's it's absurd. Yeah, I, I will say I will say like to back to the example of us not being prudes. I mean, I, I don't think sexualization of females in games is uh, overarchingly bad because you have someone like Bayonetta, who is very sexually charged, and, and she, she kind of embraces her sexiness. But she's you know I mean? but she right, but she doesn't use that as a. A crutch. She doesn't use it as a, oh, um, I'm only good because of this, right? She's an absolute badass, and she uses it. It's her part of her personality. And so, I'm not a female, so I can't say whether or not that's used. But from what I've read and and, and things that I've seen is people look at Bayonetta, women look at Bayonetta as a, a source of kind of like doing sexualization of characters correctly you know or or at the very least using sexuality in the right way I, yeah I it, even with that franchise i think that you know the the first game was really was really rough uh with a lot oh, yeah, of camera yeah. shots it's, of, evol- like, it's crotch, evolved since then for sure yeah crotch Especially, mcgee like all over the screen like re- fan relax the first it's, game was like it showed her but like oh. it was like 90 percent Camera yeah, it was that. It was it like was the so cross good. shots of like you know when she's like like uh, like slow mo like Matrix moves, but her leg would go one way and her other leg would stay out oh, where it yeah, was. And then yeah, you, yeah. you get a, like a little half second of crotch, and then it would go like yeah. fam, like relax. So I, I just think you know again to to kind of bring it home here, that stuff is is totally totally unnecessary. It's so over the top, and these apologists that don't want to feel bad 
and try to use the game's way of circumventing its creepiness uh, as a way of explaining to me that that's not a problem. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And go drink bleach. Go Ooh, drink Clorox, Pine Sol, get you it. a big old glass and take a swig. Oh, chug it. Chug it down. Um, now let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's lighten it up a little bit. Let's go into the nun <laughs> of, uh, of, of Japanese gaming. This is just the segment where it's like the stuff that makes you smirk. It's just like, yeah, yeah that's Japanese games for you. And not in a bad way or in, you know, in a profiling kind of way, but just you know, the stuff that makes you smirk. Uh, yeah. And one of the things I have on here is uh, soundtracks and theme songs. And I know for you, um, playing Tales of Arise, I'm just going to let you have this oh, one. Oh, my God. Um, talk to, walk me through that theme song, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. You know, for all the coolness and style that we talk about Japanese uh, games, they also don't understand coolness or style in a lot of ways. <laughs> Man, uh, Tales of Rise opens up uh, with a uh, with a rock music, uh, like a rock theme song. I don't know who sings it. Clearly Japanese. No enunciation. I mean, just some of the worst enunciation I ever heard. I don't even know what the hell they're saying. And the stuff that I'm catching is so basic. It's... <laughs> It is just an absolute mess of a song, and it goes hard. Um, but uh, I'm no, sure but it does. Uh, but it, it's just it's so bad, it's almost good, and it's and it's shocking because it is so, like the way it's presented to you is is in a, boom. This is the this is the hype, right? This is what's gonna get you into the game because it's really, literally the thing you see after like the post credit oh, after like the intro, and you're like, here we go, and it's you see like all the cool shit happening in the back to this horrible song. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's 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 the nani man. It's the whole like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, like you uh, go back to Western games. They would never do this. They oh, would, at they, all. They, they no. would not, you know. But it is so bad. But I, I, I it's it's also charming. But it, with, within the same kind of token, they'll take big swings and they nail uh, they'll nail it. Uh, sorry, Yakuza. Oh, here. <laughs> <laughs> because no, it, no. It, it's just right. in my mind, like the the uh, the main theme uh, villain Viper, mm -hmm. uh, what's his name uh, for Persona? Um, uh, yeah, Persona is so dope. They use the psycho uh, knife uh, sounds mm -hmm. uh, because he's he he wields a knife in the game or a pick uh, uh, ice, ice pick. pick but yeah. so it, it's shit like that is so weird and like oh what the fuck? But it works and Persona. Works. Persona and is Persona. like the oh, perfect oh, chorus. Yeah, oh my god! Yeah, That's I mean the best soundtrack in my opinion. I think I've picked it to be the best you, yeah. soundtrack of all time. Yeah, yeah go back to our all-time game awards listeners and uh, check out that episode to get a little bit more about why. But yeah, I. I those those instances of like, how did they pull that off? You know, so you have those moments once in a while where it's like it's so off the wall, but it fits. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, you can't get this anywhere else. So no, 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 no. It's a double edged sword for sure. Yeah. Um, the second one is uh, localization and voice acting. I think this Oof. is one of those those ones that yeah, you know, it's the so bad it's good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That happens a lot in games. Resident Evil is probably one of the biggest. You know. Uh, uh, culprits of this of just Metal having god awful voice acting, but Metal Gear Two overly campy, definitely. Um, you know, it just makes you go, "Oh my god, this is, this is brutal!" But in a weird way, I'm enjoying this. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there a game that stands out to you as as having like the best worst localization and voice acting that you that you still like got into? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's probably a Metal Gear series because um, I don't know how people talk in Japan. <laughs> I don't know why, if anybody would write something like, for example, this is a virtuous mission. Virtual mission? 
no, no. virtuous yeah. mission like it's not just the localization between the the tra- it's not even just the translation it's the the way that it's okay so when you translate that's one thing but when you localize it's another a whole, a whole different thing you you're, you're it's in the it's in the name you're localize you're localizing the the entire uh, voice track to match the location the western right yeah so when you have games that don't do that well uh and they just kind of translate you get shit like that all the time i almost think now with with the new games it's more of a inside joke it's almost like on purpose but like the first metal gear the famous stories about just the localization of the metal gear even, even the way they recorded that shit in a house yeah. you can hear like <laughs> in the traffic, original literally. game you can hear traffic yeah. in the background like it's it, it's shit like that um but you know um street fighter uh the the the, the Street Fighter 2, Super mm-hmm. Street Fighter 2, like, well, the intros, like, what they're saying, it's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Why does everybody you sound know? like Yoda right now? What are you yeah, saying? Yeah, Nintendo, uh, Nintendo, oh. all the time when they actually have people talking, uh, especially yeah. in, in the, uh, in the, um, Smash Bros. Ultimate, like, the, the, the taunts people say, like, uh, Captain Falcon's like, show your moves! Like, shit like that. It's like, oh, oh, this, oh is so bad. this is horrible. <laughs> yeah, I would say for me, Capcom is, old school Capcom was terrible. Uh, Platinum Games is probably the most recent example of one that just it, there's it's it's so bad, but I I just can't pry myself away because I just want to enjoy yeah. the awfulness. Um, I, I would say those are the two that stand out to me. I, I'm more of like the I remember more of like the the dialogue stuff than than actually the games. Like every every Japanese game always has like the what the. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What? No one says that. No one does that at all. Uh, so it's little things like that that um, I get a kick and, out and of. And the thing um, is, it's it's also you can tell because when like I, I I'm a Spanish speaker, so when I speak Spanish, uh, there are certain things. Like I'll give you an example: toilet paper. If you were to translate in Spanish, toilet paper it would be paper toilet. You know, mm-hmm. because it's it's the way we say it, papel de toilet, which is paper toilet, which is to- and you see you see that all the time in those Japanese games. Uh, where they they translate something and it's like that's not the way that works. <laughs> it's it has to be something that that yeah. that's like that. Where uh, I'm looking up here uh, some examples. Apparently, Tales uh, Berseria is uh, very uh, known to be one of the worst translations uh, uh, localizations of all time. Uh, one of the things is it's like a bad fly. The more you try to s- sever away, it will m- more sticks around. That's literally the <laughs> the, the the way that, that uh, works. Uh, Battle Rangers, you invaders, get you the hot bullets of shotgun to die. Um, <laughs> Fire Emblem Fates uh, says here: Are you completely ignorant of the fine act known as pickling? What dark and desolate <laughs> life you've lived in the absence of pickles? Listen, I'm going to give you a pickle and you are going to eat it. You're welcome. I'm just pleased to have made another pickle pal. <laughs> pickle pal? Yo, yeah. Why? Yo, the podcast one more, that's one called more. Pickle Pals uh, is never going to get. <laughs> no, that's it. One more. Sword it. Art Online Hollow Fragment. Fine, oh, no. I got it. Don't ask so many questions at once. I'll get confused. Oh, confused. Here we go. That's good. <laughs> Uh, Whoa! If you don't hurry, I'm going to begin the salad toss show. That was Breath of Fire too. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> oh. oh no! I love it! I love it! Yeah, Nani indeed. And uh, Pickle Pals for life. Pickle Pals is that's like a awful Nintendo IP that never made it. 
That's um, an offshoot. That's a that's an offshoot um, uh, podcast name. Oh man, the pickle pals. <laughs> that's that's. Uh, I prefer cold on time. Um, and then the last one uh, on the Nani list is the charming yet archaic game design. Now, I, I kind of battled with this one as far as whether I was going to put it in the bad. Uh, but I, I think in some cases, um, even though I think that gameplay and combat hasn't necessarily uh, evolved much, in my opinion, uh, over the years, I think that there are some things that are done really well that I prefer they don't change. Uh, and I do like that there's some sort of, especially with JRPGs, there, there's there's more of a sense of tradition uh, in upholding certain gameplay traditions um, that they that they you know, just because it's 2021 doesn't mean we're going to start doing all that shit that you see over there. Like yes, some franchises have become more action RPG over the years for sure, but it, they a lot of gameplay still feels rooted in its traditions, and I think yeah. that that's something I can respect. Um, I think that there's a little bit of, you know, uh, of a smirk that happens sometimes too, though, with some with, with certain gameplay because, you again, it's it's that the telegraphing. Like, you know exactly what it's going to try to have you do. You know, it's you know you can you can dodge and parry and you know you can dart around and do your special move and it looks really cool and bright and there's lots of lights flashing and a lot yeah, of yeah, anime yeah. looking shit. You know, um, and, and you love it for what it is, but in the end, it's not really moving the needle too much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Overall, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah I agree. I mean, uh, playing uh, Tales of Arise, I mean, it, it's it's definitely better than Berseria and the other uh, Tales games. I'm sure Berseria is the only one I have experience with, uh, but it, it still is very much a slight upgrade on what Berseria did, like what eight years ago. So mm-hmm. it, 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 they never really move the the needle forward, and, and it goes back to that in terms of like this works for us. This is what's good. This is the game is known for this, so we're going to do it like this way. Okay, fine. Um, but ultimately, there's a lot of it, it being an action RPG. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily... The action of it feels good for what it is, but it doesn't necessarily feel like an action-heavy game, even though it wants... It has all these mechanics for it to be, you know? Uh, so it, it's been... It's held, It's charming, but it's held back by its archaic design. Yeah. And so there's a lot of games like that that unfortunately... Uh, could be so much more uh, in those certain departments, but because of the archaic design, they're kind of held back in that way. And I and I think that's kind of what's stopping a lot of these huge like uh, Tales of Arise and, and other RPGs of that sort, like uh, Ease Nine, to really break out into the global that's very true market. Because when you play it, it's like oh. I get what they're trying to make me do. It's an action game, but I don't feel it doesn't feel as good as it should because it's you know it, so that 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 does that's kind of the stuff that's happen that happens there. Um, sure, there are examples of, of different, uh, but even then it's funny. Even then it's different. Like Final Fantasy fifteen is it takes away the whole entire uh, turn turn-based. based battle. Yeah, but it just it's still not a pure action game. There's the there's still certain things that you have to do that feel yeah weird. Because right. it's like, oh, I'm going to button mash. It doesn't necessarily work that way. And, and the same could be said for Final Fantasy VII Remake, though. Some of the things have been streamlined a little bit in that game to make it feel a little mm-hmm. bit more action-y. Uh, but it's still not, for example, God of War in, in, in the action. It's not something like that. It's not that detailed uh, in that sense. So, yeah, uh, it, it, there's those little things that they, they just hold those games back just a little bit. Some do it yeah. worse than others, but yeah, that, yeah, I agree. Totally cool, man. 
Alright, that uh, that's going to wrap up our Japanese games, The Good, Bad, and Nani. Uh, you know, and we say all this with all the love in the world. We, uh, we have a, a, an appreciation for Japanese games. So obviously, the legacy, the, you know, what the, the path that they paved for uh, games to be what they are today. There's just, there's just some things that, that need to stop. There's things that are great that yeah. we should see continue. And there's some weirdness that we and don't will, know how to feel about. <laughs> yeah, and I will say that the weird caveat in all this is Nintendo. Nintendo falls in tropes, but of their own making. Of course. But they don't really adhere to the tropes of Japanese culture in that sense. Like Zelda games. Like, the Zelda games are very tropey, but they're all offshoots of themselves. So the tropes that they've created with Link to the, uh, Link to the Past carry over to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, but yeah. they're not necessarily... It's just in like, it's. When you think about Zelda, you don't think Japanese always. Like it's not really like Mario. You not don't really. think Japanese no. game, even though it is. It's, it is absolutely a Japanese game yeah. developed by uh, the biggest video game Japanese, uh, the biggest video game company in Japan. Period. Yeah. But it's still they're so insulated within themselves that they're different and they're almost their own kind of category, which is yeah. interesting. I, I think it's a different. It's a different tale of tradition. Um, yeah. You know, but I think tradition and formula are probably the two main things, for better or for worse, that I think you know can be best uh, used as a summary for, for Japanese gaming. Uh, and yeah. and we'll see how things change as a new generation you know it, it dawns, and, and we're seeing what what these studios are going to do with new hardware and how they're going to evolve art design and combat to to reflect that, or maybe not at all. Uh, but yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see for sure. But um, just wanted to talk a little bit about that as we uh, as we uh, you know cover our bases on this podcast. Um, now, the last thing we're going to talk about just really, really quick before we wrap up is um, we know that the cooldown countdown is over where we talk through our top 10 games of all time. Uh, we hope that you all enjoyed that as much as we liked talking about our favorite games. Um, we are going to be unveiling a brand new cooldown segment. Uh, starting next week, uh, we'll, we'll save the full explanation for that episode. But what I will basically say uh, before that is, is Pablo and I don't argue enough on the show. Uh, so we are creating a segment to change that a little bit with some healthy debates um, that we're going to call Cooldown Showdown. Uh, and that can be, you know, games versus games, studios versus studios, um, uh, philosophy versus philosophy. We're, we're just going to take uh, some of the, you know, the, the things that, that Pablo and I debate about offline and, and try to pull that into the show and give you guys a little bit of uh, what it's like for, for Pablo and I to not get along for a few minutes. Um, but uh, yeah. hope you look forward to it. It's going to be a cool segment. We're uh, looking forward to, uh, to roll that out next week so look forward to that but uh other than that pablo i think that's gonna um wrap up this week's show so um until next time please be sure to give our podcast a sub on spotify and apple Podcasts, and uh stay connected with us in between episodes on twitter and instagram at cooldown time pod or cooldown time podcast on instagram uh that way will always be in your fov uh that'll do it for pablo and myself you're welcome and we'll see you next time later <laughs>